This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 26th of September. Yeah, it's September, isn't it? 2017. Lovely, lovely. Indeed. Yep. See how much you care about that date? It's like, <laughs> on this day, what happened on the this year day? The year of our Lord, 2000. <laughs> uh, uh, our Lord CrossFit Jesus in uh, 2017. Uh, CrossFit Jesus? Cross, don't don't he ask. sounds cool. Yes, there'll be occasional random wrestling references on the show. Mostly I due assumed to it must S- have Simon been Miller's uh, reason. Got- He's here. It'll happen. I got quite excited straight away. It's like yeah. you made a reference, and I was like, I know that reference. I, I mean, know that thing. <laughs> I know that. Don't worry, yeah, we could slide it past these two, because they don't, they don't. But on this day in 1493, Pope Alexander VI, there were six of them apparently, issued the papal bull Dudum Sicudum, the last of the bulls of donation, marking the beginning of the Spanish colonization of the Americas. Yes, yes, but let us never forget in 1680, the tax revolt on Gorinchem due to tax on cereal. Yes, truly, it was a dark time. Indeed, mm. it, it was. A crunchy, but otherwise dark time. Yes. Indeed. And so the rest of, of the stuff's just really depressing. That's like World War One, <laughs> what? The you didn't just and know that? The Taliban. There was a cereal <laughs> revolt. There was a tax on cereals. Who knew? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Uh, it's probably uh, considered uh, essential at this point. I'll have to keep coming back to that uh, wonderful court case. It was about Jaffa cakes. It was whether or not Jaffa cakes were an essential part of the British diet. Because biscuits, they're considered an essential. But... A cake, a cake is considered a luxury item, so one has a tax, one does not. But so, wasn't wasn't there also a big debate over whether or not a Jaffa cake was a biscuit or a cake? Yes, that was the whole okay. uh, that was the whole thing, and it came down to right. a cake goes hard when you leave it out for a few days. A biscuit goes soft. People are mad about Jaffa cakes at the moment as well. Really? What's the what's going on with Jaffa cakes? What are they, they doing now? They reduced the packaging from twelve. To ten Jaffa cakes. Fuck that's that. That's garbage. Everyone has gone insane. Like, how on earth am I meant to eat only ten Jaffa cakes? <laughs> yeah, that's I, bullshit. I respect these people. I respect them. I understand where they're coming but from. But the yeah, the important right. question is, does it cost the same? Well, no, they'd like, this is the weird point. So the RRP, here we go. I read this story. Hard all right, here we go. Right, hit Good. Me, hit I'm doing research. I'm happy with it. Let's go. McVitie's, who I believe is the Jaffa cake maker, they is are. lower yep. the RRP. However... People like Sainsbury's and Tesco and all of that have kept the price the same. Oh. So they're trying, to, they're trying to rip everybody off, even though Disgusting. they're Jaffa cakes. Disgusting wow. behavior, that. And Disgusting. what use is 10 Jaffa cakes, for fuck's sake? You know, I'm going to have to buy two packets now for exactly. some I'm reason. Not, I'm not eating Jaffa cakes unless it comes in multiples of six. That's the yeah. rule when it comes to Jaffa cakes. We all know that. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Indeed, yeah. Mm. Uh, special guest today, renowned Jaffa Cake activist, Simon Miller. Welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank Yay! you very much. Yes, I, I, I am here to just talk about uh, to just talk about Jaffa Cakes. That is basically the it. reason we brought you in. Just yeah, work it into every conversation reason. about every it's, it's going to get really boring really quickly. <laughs> Because I think I'm going to run out of stuff to say about Jaffa Cakes as well. I don't think you can ever run out of stuff to say about Jaffa Cakes. I think you can, uh, Jaffa Cakes belong in every discussion, whether the people in that discussion believe so or not. They're just mistaken. They just haven't. They haven't quite grasped it yet. Can I ask a question? So I've gotten. I've I've been very confused because my my British husband, as well as my uh, British viewers, keep talking about ripples. But there's a ripple ripples, like candy yes. bar, and there's also ripple ice cream. Okay. Is that true? Uh, I don't know. I never actually. know which one anybody's uh, talking about. I mean, I mean, you'd be, if you were in the UK and you said, I'd like a ripple, people would usually say, well, that's a chocolate bar. Uh, it's ga Galaxy okay. Ripple, which is very tasty, okay. by the way. Very good. Uh, I didn't know anything about ripple ice cream. The thing is, there's a raspberry ripple. Raspberry ripple is an ice cream flavor. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right, that's got nothing to do with that. Uh, but yeah, if you if you said oh, I'd like a ripple in in the UK, I will be referring to the chocolate bar. Okay. Generally speaking, I don't know much about uh, if they made a ripple ice cream or whatever. But, but a, ras a raspberry ripple is just like a flavor of yes. ice cream. Yeah, I mean it, it's basically just like raspberry sauce, and they just kind of swirl it and mix it into the ice cream, and that's raspberry ripple. Yeah, but that's got nothing to do with the chocolate bar. Not the same company okay. at all. You've gone away from Jaffa Cake, so I, I, I can't help you with this. I don't, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm out. I, I don't, I I don't, just, any, I don't have any information about Ripple. I'm All sorry. I'm saying is they used to, you know, they never did a proper Jaffa Cake ice cream. They, uh, I used to just get Jaffa Cakes, mash them up in the ice cream, and eat them that way. But if they put Jaffa Cakes in the ice cream, I would probably die. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> up until that point, I'd be very happy and buy a lot of them. One day. Maybe, <laughs> well, maybe yes. that will happen now that everyone's everyone's moaning about it. Yes, right. yes, indeed. So, Simon, you are uh, quite the pedigreed sort uh, in this particular industry, and of course, in the wrestling industry as well. You're currently training to be a pro wrestler, as I am. As people could probably tell by the size of your fucking arms. Well, if, you'd like, kind. if you'd like to demonstrate <laughs> that to the audience, these are. Oh, these, wow. I'm okay, fairly sure he could bench press Jesse. Look at those fucking things. He could bench press Jesse. Oh, we can see it. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> just terrifying. Uh, but you also used to, of course, be a part of the famed UK gaming establishment, videogamer.com, before that folded. Uh, you currently do your own stuff, the Miller Report, and you also do some videos for What Culture as well. That's right. That's kind of my uh, sort of basic remit at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I wind up people on my channel. Which you can find just looking in oh, the mirror. Oh, I've been it. seeing. Yeah, I've been noticing that over the past week. Yeah, so way to go. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of do that, and then yeah, if you'd like a more serious take on professional wrestling, you can find me over on the over on What Culture. Just you know, just doing basic reviews and giving you the truth about pro wrestling in a positive way. That's Indeed. my gimmick. My gimmick is wrestling's awesome. Let's just enjoy it for what it is, and that winds That's everybody That's up too. That's a good gimmick. Oh, that <laughs> does piss gimmick. a lot of people off. Yeah. So if there was like, anything, I want you to be nice. <laughs> if there was anything we love engaging with uh, as sort of re the wrestling fandom as it were it's complaining about wrestling like <laughs> that's <laughs> usually more fun than the shows i think a lot of us will sit down and particularly we've got a little skype group and we'll watch the pay-per-views and we're mostly there just to laugh at it and complain at each other when something goes wrong but when it's it was uh what's his name i keep forgetting his bloody name uh oh god uh 
The guy who did wrestling isn't wrestling. Uh, oh, Mike Landis. Yes, Max Landis. Yeah, Max said, Landis. Yeah, oh, Max, Max Landis. Max Landis. He had a great quote. It's like most of wrestling's bad, but when it's good, it's fucking great. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's why people keep back. And I, I don't want to, you know, uh, steal the conversation away. Just talk about Jaffa cakes and wrestling. But I do, wrestling... but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when wrestling is good. You know, it's up there with some of the best stuff in the world absolutely, because it's yeah. ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So when you get invested the- in it, you know, it's, it's a good plot line. It, like I said, it's real life anime, and I mean in Japan, it very much is because some of the char- the characters in Japanese wrestling are literally from an anime that was based on a wrestling show that was based on another anime. So yeah. That's a yeah, real I think thing. my my favorite Japanese wrestling stuff is when people actually dress up as like kaiju and fight each other. Oh, that's I've seen that. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's that's just a like good how... it's fun. See? More, more, exactly. more. <laughs> this is why wrestling is great, and why I've decided to dedicate a good portion of my life to it. Indeed, I probably should have. I should have gone out of it years ago, but no way, man. I don't no think way. so. I don't think so. Winding people up in wrestling—that's all I want to do. And eat jaffa cakes. That's it. That's I, I think it's a pretty reasonable set of life goals, attainable as well. You know, it's just uh, very, very exactly. important there. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I noticed actually before we kind of go into video games, sort of as a little transition. Huge crossover between like the video game crowd and the wrestling crowd right now. Uh, we were playing spot the video game sign in the audience of the No Mercy pay-per-view. There was this big one. It was a, a Persona 5. Two of the main wrestlers who are currently in the tag team, the tag team champions, dressed as Persona 5 characters. And they were going to, like, these guys are going to steal the tag team championships or whatever. I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's That's interesting cool. to see just how much of that is overlapping now. Absolutely. Especially something like Persona 5. It's not yeah. like, you know, it's, not, it's, it's pretty niche. And yeah, yeah you know, it, it kind of goes to show that, yeah, you know, gamers are... You know, they're, they're invested in their games, they're invested in their wrestling, and that works well for me. <laughs> yep, that's a good, <laughs> perfect little crossover point there. Exactly, yeah. So I think Xavier Woods has helped with that as well. I think Xavier he has a lot. I yeah. think so uh, too. He's been, uh, been on the show, very much legitimizing that. Uh, most wrestlers apparently have started playing video games in the back rather than doing drugs and killing themselves, which I think is a pretty good, uh, that's a good change. So well done to them. Which that some one. people still criticize. I just want to put out this. Some really? still come out and criticize that. More oh, damn video want. games. <laughs> Do some this is crack. why there are no more real wrestlers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. We want rock star wrestlers back. Uh-huh. Indeed. Oh, well, on the Corruption Local Podcast, we do occasionally talk about video games. Coming up in the show, we're talking about the games we've been playing this week. We'll also be covering the news, various interesting topics. Blue Hole getting themselves into a hole that they dug themselves again. Oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, that's going to be an interesting <laughs> topic, to say the least, regarding player unknown battlegrounds with Fortnite Battle Royale. Also. Oh, God. There are, yes, yes. I, I, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to getting my teeth into on that. And of course, the releases we've been spending the last couple of hours sort of sifting through and trying to find some stuff that's actually good. Because as usual, there's about 150 games coming out this week. I mean, I've already identified a good five or six this week that I actually want to play. So there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff coming out this week. So definitely don't uh, let that slide on by. Jesse, you have a interesting look in your eye a twinkle a spark no, if you will just, i i had the epiphany that there's too many damn games and when you were like there's i had a look and there were five or six that i really liked this week i was like five or, you have time for five or six games no i don't <laughs> but i want to have time for five or six games i'd love to have time for five or six I, yeah i guess i guess the thought process is maybe one of those five or six is something that you the viewer would love but oh my god a lot of it's yeah, down like which one to pick. Like, I can't, 
Y'all need to, we need to slow it down with these games. I told you we do. Like, I'd be okay with a mandatory abandonment of development for the next two years. Because we have a lot of games we need to catch up oh on. Oh my just God. Give it, give it I would time. catch up on so many games. Oh God. I'd be well up for that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Just don't make any more video games, okay? You can do remasters. I'll let you do that. Because, you know, we've already played those. But no more video games for a while, yeah, please. All, all of you developers out there, you're cool with not having a paycheck for like two years, right? Yeah, that should be fine. Yeah, I don't that's, can't I possibly see a problem with that. That's fine, right? Yeah, so that should be, you're that should be just... Great. Yeah, I'm not just, worried about just, it. Just, completely reasonable, yeah. We'll get paid by the power loot boxes, right? That's how it works. All mm. right. So about the games we've been playing this week. Simon, why don't you start us off? Toss a hat in the ring, as it were. Anything you've been playing this week? Well, yeah, I've actually been playing a lot of all the of all the things in the world because I happen to spend a few days at EGX over here in the UK. Yeah. I played a lot of Dissidia, Final Fantasy. Oh, the, yeah. is it the new one or the old one you've been messing with? Uh, the new one, with? the, the PS4 right. one that comes out next year. Now, yeah. Admittedly, beforehand, if you had asked me to explain anything about it, I'd have been like, I'd rather not do that. Thanks very much. Because <laughs> I have no idea what this insane game is. But I tell you, after, um, you know, I was, I was kind of basically helping helping Square out with it for four, four days. I was basically just running my mouth like an idiot about it because that's what oh, I do. Oh, yeah, we've, we've done that. We've that's, but that's a part of our job description. Don't worry. Ex exactly. And after sort of getting to grips with it, I started to realize that, I don't know, it got in me. It, it got inside of me. I actually started to enjoy it, which for me is nuts because I don't play Final Fantasy games really. And I'm not the biggest fighting game fan in the world. I play Street Fighter because I'm that guy and I'm yeah. a disgrace to mankind. You know, if you put Blaze Blue, if you put Blaze Blue in front of me, I'd probably have an aneurysm and collapse on the floor. Maybe, but Street Fighter's still pretty fucking good. I mean, you know, you're you're allowed to just play Street Fighter. <laughs> it's it, it's always interesting about fighting games because like how goddamn hard a lot of the them are to actually learn. But Dissidia. It's an interesting example because uh, I kind of played it back on the PSP for the same reasons. I'm not that big into Final Fantasy either, but as a fighting system, it's actually surprisingly accessible. Oh, it really is. And that's the best thing about it is because when you first look at it, it is crazy intimidating. Yes. There's yeah. like lines everywhere and the mini map is huge. But actually, when you break it down and you realize those target lines literally mean if it goes red, run away because yeah. someone's trying to target you and also why don't you glance at your mini map every now and then because you're going to know where everybody else is on the battlefield and you can again get away you start to realize it's actually got loads of depth and you start chatting to the people you're with too i tell you man i got really into it to a, su a surprising degree and obviously everything's better with friends so when you've got two people you can yell at and then high five when you win honestly yeah i i was surprised about and also i did that thing where i started off being an assassin because I like, you know, I'm basically a parody of myself and I like being well aggressive and getting in people's faces. But then when you start to learn it and you take a step back, you're like, actually, I'm, I'm much better suited to being a sort of marksman character and hanging back and, and picking people off, like sniping them away. And I tell you, by the end of those four days, it had absolutely, absolutely won me over. And I was super, I was genuinely surprised because I never thought I'd play anything like that. But like you say, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that hard to learn. And that was always my worry when I looked at it. I was like, I can't get my head around that. I'm an idiot. But now, yeah, I tell you, I'm surprised, genuinely surprised. Yeah, that they've sort of, they've kind of mixed the game up a little bit. Initially, it was like a, mostly a one versus one fighter. And I played the campaign. They had some pretty strong campaigns because you could pick your favorite Final Fantasy character, go through the campaign. There was always like, everyone had like a different nemesis. There was this kind of weird grid system moved around on. This one seems like it's more team battle oriented, from what I can Absolutely, tell. Yes. Like you go Absolutely, play yes. multiplayer. 
Yeah, yeah, it's three on three. So they, but basically what they want you to do is sort of balance your classes and come up with a strategy and stuff like that. And that does help. But even if you just go, you know, I don't have any friends. I want to be a loner. And I just want to, you know, go in and, and kick some ass. You really can. Like, you really, I was genuinely, it's, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the nice things about, you know, getting involved in that way with a video game. Because I wouldn't have even looked at that beforehand. But actually getting to sit down and actually having time with something, because, you know, I had a lot of time. To, to play around with it yeah i was like geez i'm actually going to play this when it comes out as well i won't be any good at it because i'm no good at fighting games however it did sink it's it's deep. well yeah exactly I, I saw some people playing it and i was like this is ridiculous they're like i don't understand how everybody gets that good at video games it's just <laughs> it's, it's nuts to me i try really hard not anymore because i'm old but when i was young i tried really hard and it never made a difference the only thing i ever did in video games was i got in like the top 10 in the world on pgr3 in a Lamborghini Diablo on the half circuit of the Nürburgring. And I was there for about 20 minutes and then I was gone again. I was like, that was a waste of my life. It took me about six months. It was like, this is my crowning gaming achievement at some point. <laughs> I remember like being put top of a leaderboard when the game hadn't come out yet. And it was just me and four other like games journalists. And that was it. I'm like, I'm the king of the world <laughs> until the damn game came out and I just got slapped about silly. It was the... It's interesting you bring up Dissidia because there was another game, of course, that came out this week, more of a re-release, of course, a po Pokémon Tournament, which mm. oh, yeah. uh, came out to the Switch. And that's more of a, well, it's a fighting game, but it's got this kind of 3D arena space element to it. And it's less about the crazy combos and everything. And I, f I always felt Dissidia was kind of like that as well. Like I, when I played the first one, it's like, yeah, there's fighting game alone here, but the three-dimensional aspect and zipping around and fighting in the air and all that kind of thing, seems like it's a bit more important than learning a bunch of crazy combos and a lot of fighting game fundamentals. And I was actually quite intrigued by the game as a result of that. Um, Jesse, did you get a chance to play any of the Dissidias? Obviously, you're big in Final Fantasy. Did you dabble in that at all? I mean, I, I played it in E3. Uh... I would definitely probably agree with the fact that it, it, at least to me, was a game that you need to actually spend some time with to learn. Uh, God, I was terrible. I was all I want to do is be Terra. All I want to do is turn into a big pink fluffy monster and murder people. I was getting stomped. Apparently, <laughs> there were people there who were very skilled in a game that did not exist yet and were just shitting on me. And I was like, <laughs> "Sounds about right." All I want to do is learn how to play, and they're like. Nope, a few, you're nope. dead. Cool, all right. You don't get good, to. scrub. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, it's uh, graphically, it looks beautiful. Um, it plays really, really well. Uh, it's just one of those things where I wish I'd gotten a chance to actually play it instead of be destroyed repeatedly for 30 minutes. So it's I like, actually had time to yeah, yeah. understand it. It, it feels like you need time to understand exactly, besides the main gameplay of like, you can target people and you can like, you have a little line that shows like who you're focusing on, stuff like that. And you zip around the map faster than the speed of light. Um, yep. Besides all those basic things, there's definitely a layer to this game. That's like, ah, that's how you really play it. It's there's more to this than just the BS I initially saw. And I was like, ah, okay, I get it. I didn't get it. There's a level that these guys were on that I was not on. They were destroying me. And yeah, I, um, I learned some hard lessons that day. <laughs> I do being hope... humble, I was like, ah, okay, this is what this is. All right. I do hope they make sure that they still have a campaign mode because there was a lot of gameplay in that in the initial games on the PSP, and I spent a good probably 95% of my time doing that and not playing multiplayer. If they have 
neglected that, I will be somewhat disappointed. I would no, hope I'd that they have know. not. I think it's in there, but yeah. I say that very trepidatiously. I don't yeah, know 100%. So I'm going to Google it and find out, because if they've decided to cut that out in favour of sort of three-on-three, three, like, I'm cool with that. Uh, yeah, apparently, so there is a story mode. Uh, oh, it's a it's a video. I can't bring that up right now. But there is going to be a some sort of... Wait a minute. Apparently, no, there isn't. Ha. Huh. Right, so... There's no a, story mode? Well, it said, rather than a dedicated story mode, new story elements will be revealed as the player participates in battles. Ugh. Um, They're not talking so much about that, but I am not happy hearing that at all. Uh, that was what I played Dissidia for. I... Apparently, oh, this is the confusion because obviously this game is already out at the arcades in Japan. So well, the console, as well. yes, that's probably why you were getting wrecked because people would be, you know, already <laughs> able to play it. But there's going to be the. Are you saying people went to Japan just to learn how to play, then come to E3 and they were like, "Is that cocky?" Yes. I mean, I would do that. Stay up. That's the kind of thing <laughs> I would do specifically just to annoy you. But. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> don't think the rest of the world would i, I think I like you underestimate their dedication oh boy we're screwed so so the home console version you know the port which is why it's taking so long looks like it's gonna have some sort of story mode but they haven't talked that much about it i would hope they do i think if they don't they're definitely missing a trick multiplayer is cool and all that but i know what i spend the majority of my time on in that and it was the story mode not the multiplayer so here's hoping that they include that. Because otherwise, yeah, I agree. The game does look pretty good. So we'll yeah, see. I, I, was, I was genuinely surprised by it. That's not the type of game I would ever play. Yeah. And yet, yeah, I mean, I got into it. I do agree, though. Like, they, at first, when you take on some people that know what they're doing, it's just, oh, man, it's otherworldly. It's like, how, how have you done this? How do you, how, what are you even doing? But then, yeah, yeah it, it is that classic thing, right? The more you play it, the more you sit down with it and you start to yeah. realize, oh, if I take my time, Actually, I can I can be Certain pretty good, but yeah, I spent literally yeah. four days playing that and walked away going, "Hey, man, uh, my eyes have been opened to a world I never knew that existed." It's <laughs> the it's the exact opposite of every fighting game where you can button mash. You cannot button mash in this game. No, it's an impossibility. You'll you'll your character will just be flailing wildly as you get destroyed. Is it pretty slow paced or no? It's it's very fast paced. Um, uh, well, it's the opposite. Like the Marvel op versus Capcom fast paced. Uh, well, uh, it's fast-paced, not in the visually fast-paced, not in the actual actions of what you're doing. There's a strategy involved, but everything moves very fastly. So okay. it's flying around the level, and you have six people doing it. So now it's like, shh, and everyone looks amazing while they're, you know, zooming around in their Super Saiyan-like abilities. But um, what you're doing in the game is very, like... Okay, I need, what do I need to do here to this guy? How do I? How do we as a team get this other person? It's very much like um, World of Warcraft PvP, three v threes in an arena, where it is a lot of strategy about how do we take out this one person? Because then once you do that, then the other team slowly starts to crumble because like okay, we've taken out one, now there's two left, and we can just gang up on them, and that's how we win. So it has that vibe of of strategy on how do we get rid of the one person and who is right. that one person we target and how do we target them and then the other two are going to respond like oh we know you're doing that so we're going to come after your guys that kind of stuff it's, it's got a rock it's got like a rock paper scissors mechanic to it absolutely so, yeah yeah so you have to try and figure out well i'm playing this guy they're that guy therefore i know this week it's basically it is like a big puzzle you slowly unravel the more you play but then your opposition are also unraveling the puzzle 
So you have this big back and forth where everyone's just trying to do the puzzle. But eventually you finish that puzzle and you understand the game. And then you never play it again, I guess. I guess that's where it ends. You just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Square Enix for actually making characters from like old Final Fantasies awesome. Like Final Fantasy 1 and 2 characters are like shitting Aww. on real good about it i'm like yeah all right <laughs> yeah the, the other cities were good about that as well uh and it actually helped because th they integrated story elements from those older games which i didn't really know anything about so that was pretty cool to get a little taste of that and see the crossovers and things going on with it so yeah they're very um they don't focus too hard on the later stuff they seem like they give a good smattering across the whole thing so i dig that. It's yeah. I'm happy to see it come out. I like I say. I do hope they do actually have a story mode, though. Um, be a bit disappointed if they didn't. That would kind of suck. I I, li I literally didn't hear anything about that, so I, I no, don't know. But they've yeah, been being a bit stum on it. Been a bit hush hush right now. So we'll see. Speaking of fighting games, I played a bit more uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Uh, I was gonna say, can we please talk about Marvel vs. Capcom? <laughs> Gerard got the collector's edition, and it's oh, the most hilarious God. shit in the world. <laughs> yeah, as we discovered last week, the collectors. It's can, in this office. Can you go get it? Can you go show it uh, to us? Yeah, I'm gonna go steal it. Oh, right now. Hold on, I can do it. I'll do it. Or you? Go, okay, right, he's got it. Yeah. So <laughs> last week we mentioned there was a controversy surrounding the very expensive, like $200 collector's edition for this damn thing, which was supposed to come with six Infinity Stones. Roll light up. It's like, oh, that's a really nice collectible that's the kind of thing i put on the shelf thing finally arrives and it turns out they're basically little uh, kinder eggs for all intents and purposes <laughs> not only that he'll sh he'll show you but like they don't they can't come out they're yeah, light can't, can't with them. half an egg shell on top of them they're, basically this thing is <laughs> utter so shit bad. and we're about okay. to find out all right so are, so are we saying this is cheap as chips then that's what uh, we're saying yes yeah, yeah really than bad merch. cheaper than the like 50 pence bag this is like all right this is um chun li the so first off i'm so excited go, i'm so excited comes with some statues go, as well go look at go online and go look at what you should have received if anyone chats watching right now there is a picture of like what shit should look like versus what we got so this is chun li on a little stand okay first off it looks like she's standing on laffy taffy i'm not sure if you can see <laughs> that but it's literally just like what is that it's just a vomit green like <laughs> more importantly if you can see this, look at her eyes, girl. Oh my god! That's She's horrendous. got full on like pink eye. Like there's red around yeah. her entire eyes. Someone it's did not wash their hands after going to the toilet. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the figures don't look bad, but they're everything. There's little tiny things we're like. Who I mean, bear in mind what? this is the best part of it. The worst is yet to come. <sighs> I so cannot then, wait. The thing that I was really excited for, the thing that I was like, maybe I'll get this, and I'm glad Gerard got it instead of me, was that they had the Infinity Stones. I was like, oh, Infinity Stones in a case, and the Infinity Stones, you could probably take them out and like, put them in your own fucking gauntlet. I will be Thanos, and it'll be awesome. Um, Yeah, so first is. you get this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. That is, that is brilliant. If you go online and look what they're supposed to look like, they're supposed to look like gems. Gems? Like, yeah, yeah, like with, with like edges and like... Yeah. Easter eggs. You cannot remove them from this Ooh. case. They're probably only half an egg each as well. They are, for sure. This is, this is what it looks like. Just glowing Easter eggs. God, that <laughs> is shit. They're stuck in the box or the case. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you yep. can't take them out. You can't take them out. This is the garbagiest garbage I've ever seen. It's terrible. Genuinely terrible. It's like and this edition was what? $200. Just yeah, Gerard was like, thing. I spent a lot of money for this. Like, it's Gerard funny. Gerard made a horrible I mistake. I spent a lot of money on this. 
The worst part is, is every single platform, aside from the colors, because the uh, uh, Marvel side has red, red and orange. Orange, yeah. Besides the colors, is the exact same layout. There's the same piece of wood, the same like weird rocks at the bottom. It's the exact same thing. It's the late. If go look at what you're supposed to receive, and it looks awesome. You're like, oh my god! I mean, this is the coolest showpiece. No, it's garbage. It's flagrant false advertising. You know what's interesting is if you look at that. uh, So here's a render. Uh, Here's what you're supposed to get. I'm just uh, sending it to everybody here. And if you look very closely, I'll see if I can bring it up on the screen for you. If you look real closely, you can see basically what the thing actually ends up looking like in the reflection of the top of the case. Like, so they're the Infinity Stones, but then, like, if you look at the reflection, it's just these little egg things. I'm like, wow, this is seriously deceptive marketing. This is really bad. This is, I don't know how they've got away with, are they getting away with this? I, I hope not. I'm thinking class action at this point. Small claims court for this shit. They should get a refund I'm, for it. It's horrible. I'm j- yeah, you're, you know what? I did not notice that until right now. That is yeah. super super smart is like look at the actual gems they look like orbs they look like there's little gemmy shits inside but when you look at the actual reflection it's those shitty eggs (laughs) yeah it's crazy i didn't even crash capcom website lol but there you go yeah so uh as we mentioned that shit the actual game of course has had a you know a bunch of negative pr for a lot of reasons i've played a bit more of it it's it really feels like it's a game that deserved more time in the oven because the game feels fine. Like, it feels snappy and the combos feel good and it's a bit easier to play than the other Marvelous Capcom. It's got the auto combo button and things like that and it's only 2v2, so you don't necessarily have to handle a bunch of crazy things you can do with three people. But, they, like, asset-wise and character design-wise and roster-wise, and just, everything about it feels like it's just it's a good game in a shitty box and like if it spent a good six months longer making a much better presented game it would have been much more well received the gameplay is good but there were some really weird quotes around when they launched this thing don't show it (laughs) kill it before it lays eggs actually it's already laid eggs hasn't it that's a problem but it's terrible it's goddamn terrifying before launch they were essentially like oh well, characters don't matter. They're just a framework for a set of skills. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're saying characters don't matter in a really character-focused roster fighter. You don't think people buy these games to play their favorite Marvel and Capcom characters. Are you actually brain dead? I'm like, I'm kind of torn because playing it, you know, there there are characters from past games in the background of a lot of different levels. Yes, that's what we were talking about the other day. Yeah, and part of me, part of me is like, oh, that's kind of cool that even though that character isn't like playable, they're still involved in the game. And then the other part of me is like, but this also just makes it even more obvious that so many characters are missing, that the roster is so small compared to the other games. It just feels weird. That's what I don't get about it. I thought it was the whole point of these games. It was a, they used to go, man, look at that roster. You can literally have any fight in the world. And now they've gone, uh, I don't know, here's like some, and here's a Kinder Egg. Just leave us alone. Just buy the game. <laughs> just just buy the game and go away. Like, leave us. There. I don't get it. The, yeah. most, the most insulting part is that the villain of the game is the combination of Sigma and uh, uh, Ultron. Ultron. Ultron Sigma, right? But when you go to play multiplayer, only Ultron exists. Sigma is a DLC character you have to buy. 
Yeah. I thought you were gonna say something like that. It's yeah. like, wait, what? Why? Why is that? The... He's the boss of the game. Why is he not in the game? Eh, I mean, know. it would hardly be the first Capcom fire to really do that, but it's down to like the roster. Just it's weak. Like it compare it to just how many characters were in all the other games, and mm-hmm. it's a hard sell. Because it's not even a great roster. If it was like the 28 fucking best of the best of we love these fucking characters, maybe I could understand that. But it's not. There's a bunch of shit in there that nobody cares about. There's three Guardians of the Galaxy in it. No X-Men because, of course, eh, Fox, eh, you know, they're, they're DL, you know, Disney's having a bit of a slap fight with Fox right now. So right. they don't want to include any uh, X-Men characters and shit. And yeah, the DLC is obviously... It, you got, that's going to be a hard sell. And I think that when you're talking about characters as frameworks for skill sets, you are completely missing the point of what the majority of players want. Yes, at the pro end, you're right. You are right. That's what a lot of, you know, at the pro end, people pick characters based on their ability sets. But we're not talking about the pro end. We're talking about the millions of people that will otherwise buy the game. And it mm. seems like Capcom now, at least twice, probably more, has missed what the regular player wants out of a game like that, which is. A solid story mode, a great roster, and a bunch of fun modes. And the game has a shitty story mode. At least it has one, which Street Fighter V didn't. The roster is weak. You know, the presentation's not very good. So when you start talking about the competitive end of things, the competitive end of things is not what keeps these games alive. It's not what brings in the millions of players. And I look at a game like Tekken 7, which is quite a hard game, but it's still quite accessible. And I see how well that's doing, especially amongst casual players. I'm thinking, you know, they kind of did it right. They they sort of understood what players wanted, and Capcom is so obsessed with this competitive aspect that they seem to be forgoing everything else. Yeah. Also, if you just, like, take your time and go person by person through the roster, some of, the voices. Some of those models are fucking busted, and even the <laughs> ones that aren't busted have hilarious voices sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Morgan, like, I think is my favorite. Yeah, Morgan's <laughs> voice is like you're supposed what? to be like the sexy succubus, and she's like, "Oh, hello there, boy." Lol. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I'm here. Not even that. She doesn't even have that much like energy to her voice. That's the that's like the worst I'm part. Like, oh, hello there, boy. Yeah, you're absolutely. It's the, a terrible voice. Like, are you tr- are you supposed to be seducing me right now? It's not. <laughs> oof. <laughs> um. Good. Yeah, it's it's just not a game that I would buy right now. Like, mm-hmm. wait for, till it goes on sale. It's not bad. It's not the worst fighting game in the world. I'm having a decent amount of fun with it. But how many characters are for sale right now? Like DLC no, characters? No, none. Uh, there, there were no, oh. there were no unlaunched characters. That would be a dick move. They've got like a couple of skins, but that's about it. They're supposed to be doing like six new characters or whatever over the next few months. But gotcha. It's just like I said the roster's just so. Yeah, you know, it's I, un- it doesn't. It just doesn't impress. It doesn't inspire any excitement in me. And can we go back to the story mode for a moment? I we can. Yes. Playing through the story mode, I realized my biggest fear about the next two Avengers movies. <laughs> Thanos as a bad guy, literally, is evil because he got friend zoned and couldn't handle it. Like that's his plot line. Right. He tried to go out. Well, he was like, "Yo, death, baby, I want some of that." And she's like, "No, gross." He's like, "I'll kill everyone." That is literally <laughs> that's the that's the plot of the Infinity Gauntlet story. That's the plot of like this game. Like, 
Duke can't handle rejection. It's great. It's great. Everybody wants to bang death always. Like I that's was, that's been a constant. Sexy, sexy death. I mean, that was in the I comics as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Put really Everyone into death. Can re- you can relate to that too. We've all been spurned. We've all Absolutely. been back. I thought, I thought you meant everybody wants to bang death. And we've I was like, all, I mean, go ahead and pitch this. Sure, Simon. We've all been friends owned. <laughs> That's the that's that that's the subtext though. Of course, we all want to bang death and say, "Look, man, I don't I don't really want to die. If you could just you know do me a favor, that would be great. <laughs> Maybe so, we could work something out." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is, is he- true though. Shout out to Deadpool being the first guy where death's like, "Yo, I'm into this dude." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm yeah, weird." So good. You know, so the game has like these six infinity stones, and once you power them up, you can create a cosmic like zone. Uh, I think there should be a seventh one, and the Cosmic Zone should be the friend zone. Uh, and you create it, and <laughs> suddenly, like, maybe you can't approach the enemy or whatever. It's like, nope, you can't go anywhere near me. You're in the friend zone or whatever. What? Oh, what is happening over there? <laughs> Those two are in the same office, by the way, and it sounds like some crazy shit's going down. What is happening? We don't know. We don't know no, what's what going on. What do you mean you There's don't know? There's a lot of yelling. Okay. <laughs> might be filming. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right, sure. Yeah, um, I right. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a difficult recommend right now. Let me put it that way. Unless you're absolutely desperate playing game. Yeah, it is. It's it's not like you know. I like Street Fighter Five as well, but again, that was a hard sell and launch as well because it's like, God, this is an incomplete product. Yeah, it's like, where the fuck is the sixty bucks worth of game here? There isn't. That that I have a little bit of worry there when it comes to because of Street Fighter and because of Marvel vs. Capcom. Maybe it's just the fighting games and we're cool. I'm slightly worried about Monster Hunter when that releases and it being not done. Does that make sense? Like there being a lot uh, left on the table or I don't off know. the table? I don't think like Capcom doesn't really have a rep for unfinished games, but they're fighting games lately being an issue. That's what I'm saying. I think like, Monster Hunter should be fine. The last few games that released have had that trend of like, well, there's a lot that's DLC that we're still working on. You're like, hmm. I mean, Capcom does love its DLC. They were like the masters of on-disc bullshit DLC back in the day. I think they've got a bit better about it, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, it can't be any worse than how they used to be. It's like, yeah, there's six characters. They're already on the disc. We're going to charge you for them. It's like, fuck off. But we'll, we'll see. I, it, it is it is a bit concerning, I will admit. Was that Resident Evil 6 that they were really bad on? There was one game. Oh, they really yeah. God. Yeah. Six was terrible. <laughs> what a horrible game. But they had to, yeah, they had some bad DLC practices on six. Uh, yeah, but, I think it basically came out in the first week, right? I can't remember. I just remember some Resi yeah. game came out. I was like, this is ridiculous. It was not like the but, 360 era that Capcom was mostly taking the piss in a big way with on disc DLC. Yeah. But with that said, Resident Evil 7, they just threw DLC at you. They were like, there's more. It's this one's free. We got this thing too, and we're going to have more coming out. I think that's kind of neat. I like yeah, extra sure. stuff that they aren't going to charge me an arm and leg for. It's not like, I, I don't have a problem with DLC. I just want it to be worth the money and i don't want you to try and sell me something that i already know is on the disc i don't want you to slice off content that's key to the story or whatever and try and sell it to me later so yeah it's uh we'll see i i'm not i'm a bit worried for marvelous capital especially since it doesn't have cross play i'm really worried like in a month this game's gonna have difficulty finding players on pc so still waiting for that goddamn steam version of killer instinct that's a fucking great fighting game uh, talk yeah. about uh, good practices for that. You know, that's basically free, and then you buy the characters you want or buy the full edition for, like, $30, which I think is a nice deal. That's good. You know, it's got a good roster as well. But it's on Windows 10 Store, and nobody plays it there. So, if, <laughs> yeah, if we could have oh, it on Windows Steam, please. 10. Yeah, I'd be really, really happy with that. All right. Dodger. 
you're looking uh, slightly concerned there, worried that, you know, the door might be battered in any moment by a horde of Vikings or something. But right? <laughs> it is possible. Now you uh, tell me a little bit about what you've been playing this week. What's been going on? Um, so uh, I was asking Jesse. I couldn't remember whether or not I talked about that first tree game. The no, the you, you mentioned it. I think it came up in the releases like last week or the week before. Yeah, so uh, that game wound up being mostly a, a walking simulator. Um, Not unexpected. It was, it was pretty. Like It was basically made by one dude, I think, who didn't know how to program or anything when he started it. It was just like okay. a passion project. Um, so with that in mind, I'm impressed. It's entirely like the whole time you play as this fox and you go through lots of different areas that represent like different um, like one's a snowy area, one's one's an autumn area, one's like spring, right? And um, throughout the whole time that you're walking around as this fox, uh, you're hearing a story at the same time that is a guy who wakes up from a dream that he has about his dad. And he's, throughout the entire game, he's talking with his significant other or wife or whatever, um, he's talking with her about the sort of tense relationship that he's had with his dad his whole life and like talks about their relationship and um, some stories from when he was a kid and stuff. And so it like sort of it sort of progresses to become like why he would be dreaming about his dad in the first place and all this stuff. The game didn't take that long, but I do have to say I think that it was a bit it was in terms of what you were doing in the game, it was a bit too repetitive for how long it went. You know, I I'll thought that the story welcome. that the guy was telling and the sort of anecdotes that he was discussing with his wife, I thought that all of that was interesting. Um, but the fact that as this fox, you were literally just like, here's a new area and there's a couple little like shiny things that you can see in the distance. You walk to a shiny thing, you walk to a shiny thing. You walk to a shiny thing. Yeah. And now you're in a new area. You walk to a shiny thing. You walk to a shiny thing, right? Like that stuff. That's the worst being, part of like walking simulators when they do that. I spaced out super hard. If somebody, if if they weren't telling the story, I was just like, all right. <laughs> it's all at right. that point where I'm, you're I'm like, I'm why is this a game? Like, was a game the best medium you could have used to tell the story? Because it sounds like the answer is no. Right. And And again, this was like, first game dude on his own wanted to make this and i think for like keeping that in mind i thought that it was i i i liked it i liked the whole idea of it um i think that there should have been more for you to do and i think that what you were doing as the fox should have felt like in the end it did feel connected to what was going on in the story but it should have felt a little bit more metaphorical or a bit more like like they were directly connected in some way right you know yeah um so yeah i i enjoyed it i just thought that it was it was a little slow paced for how long it was Fair. um so i did finally play that because everybody was like you got to play this game there's fucking boxes in it yeah, because, um, you know, you're basically defined by a couple of things. Uh, coffee, cats, and foxes. Other than that, you're not actually a real human. So I don't, I don't have yeah. anything else going on in my life. Like, yeah, at least everybody knows that. Yeah, if you down a couple of basic <laughs> you elements. You don't need anything else. So you can right? shove you in an easy box, then <laughs> that'll be fine. What else have you been playing? So I also played... Um, I can't remember if we ever talked about a normal lost phone. 
on this show. Yeah, we mentioned really? it briefly. Yeah. Yeah, I played a normal yeah, lost phone a while back when, when that came out, and that yeah. was entirely a game about like you pick up a phone and you go through it and using like context clues inside of text messages and emails and things you try to unlock more and more and things that are on the phone in order to find out information about the person who owned it yeah um so they made another one that's called another lost phone laura's story yes and uh it was it's not a sequel i think that's important to say it's not a sequel it's just the same people who made the first one saying okay we've made one of these like traipsing through somebody's phone games before we have an idea for a new one but we're going to tighten up how one. we do it yeah um so it's a bit cleaner um it took me i think two and a half hours something like that okay. uh but i i thought it was honestly really really good um the dialogue was much more believable like the text messages between people felt more natural i think that was one of the things that was jarring in a normal lost phone was there were so many conversations that felt really they felt like exposition right it was like how is your brother oh you mean my brother who is a doctor yes how is your doctor brother <laughs> right. did he finish his degree right like th those kind of conversations not like, like real okay. human conversations actually would you know yeah um the story the story in in Another last full, another lost fern. <laughs> the story in another last phone, I think, is it's it's pretty easy to see coming, but at the same time, it's told really, really well. Um, and I think like the the message of it and the way that they the way that they went about it and the pacing of like figuring out different things and finding new stuff in the phone was done really well. Um so yeah, I I loved it. I don't know if Jesse, did you end up playing this one yet? Uh, not the new one, no. But I I like the old one. I like the concept of the lost phone, and you find it, and there's something interesting going on on it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the reason I so very very much loved. I'm gonna look up the name before I screw this up. The Mr. Robot. Uh oh uh, yeah, I I heard some really good stuff about that Mr. Robot Mr. phone Mr. game. Mr. Robot right? Mystic Messenger. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. It, uh, it where you is... get to date all the robots, right? That's, the that's no, the no, no, Dodger. That's just your weird, <laughs> oh, weak thing. No, it takes place. I'm misunderstanding. I think season one and season two, or maybe it takes place between the whatever the case may be. It takes place in the world, and you find a phone that is used by one of the characters in the show, and so it's all about hacking and like questioning reality and shit. It's pretty cool, and I love, I love that. Um, not only do you get the main story of the main character, because it operates off of like standard time. So whatever time zone you exist in, your daytime is that daytime. That's and cool. so, yeah, you get messages from people during the day and maybe at night you might not get some, or maybe overnight you get like a boop, a thing will pop up and it'll be uh, like, there's all sorts of different chats going on. Um, and it's kind of like, well, if the person's phone who you think this is, is this, then why is this person involved in these other chats that seem superfluous, but have like a very dark undertone to it? And you're like, what is this about? And there's like a group chat and everyone's celebrating a birthday party and they're like, how do we get to this? But it's like, wait, what? It, why would like, why would this character be on there? Like, this doesn't make sense. It, there's some cool levels to it. And then you can respond and play along. And uh, you can, right. there are many, many ways to play. And I love that one of them is literally like, what is this? Who is this? Why are you doing this? What's happening here? This is stupid. And everyone's like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> it's great. 
that was that was one of the things that and I I got pretty bored with Mystic Messenger pretty quickly. But that was one of the things that I thought was interesting about it is that it operated on whatever your time was. Mm-hmm. Um, did you it, in with the Mr. Robot one? I probably asked you this before, but we talked about it so long ago. But the Mr. Robot one did it. If you didn't check a text message in time, did it kind of punish you? in a way Um, like if you checked it immediately were you able to like respond but if you checked it too late you couldn't make the same responses or you couldn't respond at all i I do not i mean there was times i woke up and there'd be a message like waiting for me and i'd be like okay i don't know you know this was (laughs) overnight and i respond and i think it's less based off of if there's any punishment it's not like you didn't respond right away so you don't get certain choices get the info yeah i think it's more like uh if you take a while to get back, they'll take a while to get back to you. And so, and then there's also moments where even if you are very much like, I'm into this, I'm playing, this is crazy. A person's trying to sneak into a place and I'm helping them. And then they're like, okay, I'll get back to you. And then you don't hear anything from them for like three days. You're like, what, what's happening right now? And so it does that to you too. It kind of fucks with you. And then the guy's like, Hey, I'm at home right now. And you're like, what? Why are you in war? Where were you? But it's a game and not real. And you are a crazy person when you feel the same way. <laughs> I do think that kind of a thing where it's like they're aware that you're involved and that you're there and they give you like tasks and things to do. That yeah. makes a bit more sense than a normal lost phone and another lost phone where at a certain point in the game, you're like, why am I still fucking snooping in this person's yeah. phone? <laughs> like, why haven't I? And it, I think in, I'm trying to remember, in a normal last phone, could you look at the person's contacts? Because in I, another in another last phone, you can't. And I think that they did that so that it wasn't like, why could. don't I just call somebody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 always, I always do the same, even when I played the... the um, Mr. Robot game. I had that idea of just like, if I had found this phone and the first few messages I got were like as crazy as the first messages of this, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm going to just leave this here. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go cool. ahead and put this in the garbage and leave forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this phone off is what I'm going to do. Maybe yeah. bash it a little bit and then throw it like, don't track my ass. Yeah. Can break the SIM card and take out the battery. And fucking burn it. Okay, okay, haunted phone. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying thing. Mm. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's it's short, and I honestly think at the end, pretty much all of us were going. That was a really good. Like that was really well done. So, yeah. Cool. That's um, it. I really enjoyed that uh, one. Yes. Dodger, did you finish Cat Quest? I didn't finish it. No, I played I played it kind of casually on my phone. I never really like sat down and played it, you know. For a game that on the surface looks like it shouldn't be nearly as fun as it is, turns out Cat Quest, I just beat it on a stream the other day. It's like incredibly charming, very fun. Uh, at least on the PC where you can like dodge roll and things are a little more fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also like a meta game. There's like a, a, a like a meta story to the whole thing where it's like, oh, yes, we're cats and we're in a land of like cat dragon bloods and like we're fighting monsters and shit. But also this takes place after humanity has ended. Like there's a meta story to it, 
which is like, and so there's kind of a little bit more going on. Um, And it's, I love how, (laughs) I love how many stories that are like, why is the world seeming to be totally normal populated with this type of creature? It's always like, oh, because humanity is fucking donezo because they because they all blew up and now we rule the earth. (laughs) And and even though the story is like super silly and dumb, it's like, oh, well, it makes sense because humans made that happen. And now this is why this is the way it is. And then and now cats are the world because they have nine lives. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I Although there are many jokes that are like, oh, I'm on my eighth life, let me tell you. And you're like, oh, shut up, cat. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very fun, but I think uh, definitely suffers from that. It probably was designed for mobile first. Mm. And so it's a was lot. Was it? I thought it was yes. PC first. No. I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure like it was mobile, mobile first. For PC. Almost certain. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, but, you know, you were mentioning when you played this game a couple of weeks ago. And bear in mind, no one expected this to be any good because, like, Cat Quest. Well, that sounds like shovelware it bullshit. It looks really basic. Turns out it's yeah, not. That's a terrible name. Yeah, it is. It's a <laughs> terrible name and it doesn't inspire confidence. It actually ended up being good. But if I recall, you're playing on your phone and, like, they just kind of taken out the dodge mechanic entirely because you couldn't do it with a touchscreen. So they kind mm-hmm. of put that in the PC version, uh, as far as I can tell. So they had to alter it a bit for it to work properly. But. Yeah. a surprising amount of good response to this thing you both played it you both seem to like it everyone that's played it seems to be like oh this is better than expected yeah, I'm now kind of want to play it too yeah give it a shot it's available on mobile and on PC and the power is alright you can do to your character because each each bit of equipment you get changes things so drastically that you can make like a mage character or a warrior character or whatever and you're just a little cat but you can also change up your equipment to be a little bit of both like a battle mage you can um there's a lot of secrets the devs have hidden in the game. So one of the things we found was a cave in the middle of nowhere that if you completed it, it was a cave that had a bunch of traps and a bunch of like hidden things. But if you got to the very, 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 very end, there was a weapon that had no model. So literally just using your fist and it's the strongest weapon in the game. And it was, I think it was called like determination or like something about the name was just like, yeah, don't you understand? Right. I'm the, I, it's me. Who's the strong one. It was great. And I just went around beating guys up with my fists. Um, Cat fists, though, right? You're still a cat. Yes, yeah, so oh, you're not really a cat. Fists, you're always it? a cat. If a woman to ball up their paws, would those be fists or still paws? Uh, <laughs> exactly. I got confused. It's a good question, uh, isn't it? Someone in chat asked consider. why I could walk on water in the game if you're looking at the footage, uh, because I unlocked the ability to walk on water. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, later on, you Obviously. unlock the fly, and flying literally is you flap your hands, and that's how the cat takes off and flies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Great. as cats do. Good to see you. I Keep love the, realism. Uh, the way that you get health back is you just take a nap and the you character literally just falls over. <laughs> it's so funny. Man, I'm sold on Cat Quest. I never thought I'd say it's that. So it's, You'd be surprised how many times that happens. Yeah, we, it's every, very... every time this damn game comes up on the show, whoever the guest is like, I should try this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> We're just like evangelizing Cat Quest for some reason. I don't know why. And what's smart about the game is any items you get Rather than it be like, uh, I got a hat of awesomeness, and oh, I got another hat of awesomeness. I guess I have to sell one. All it does is it levels up the current hat of awesomeness that you have by a few levels. So now it's even more powerful. And you're like, oh, it's everything I ever wanted. Yeah. So it's a good way to avoid having junk in your inventory. It's a pretty mm-hmm. smart idea. Yeah. 
Good that stuff. That sounds great. I'm sold <laughs> on a game called Cat Quest. My whole world's just changed. My yep. whole persona is going to have to take a huge 90 degree turn. This podcast <laughs> it has some strange effects on the people that come here. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, and we'll be talking more about the games that we've been playing. So there's plenty more on the docket. Don't worry. God, uh, more than we could probably cover. But we'll give it a shot anyway. Our sponsor for today's show is Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Make your next move with Squarespace. Find out why with this wonderful and totally realistic ad. We'll be right back after the break with more games discussion here on the Co-optional Podcast. We shall now press this button there we go look if the internet has taught us anything it's that harebrained ill-conceived half-baked ideas are the key to success this new bold age of technology has given us previously unimaginable ways to communicate even the stupidest of ideas across the entire planet in a matter of seconds got a new smart product that nobody needs crowdfund it bursting at the seams to deliver a hot take on the latest industry news blog it Itching to start a global thermonuclear war? Tweet about it. Oh, God. There's one thing that hasn't changed, though, and that's the need to present your ideas to an audience and do it in a stylish, impressive fashion. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure you think you're very stylish and impressive. That anime t-shirt in particular. Hmm. Talk about cutting katana edge of business wear there. But you have to understand that some less enlightened individuals won't see it that way. That's why you should convince them with a beautiful website from Squarespace. Choose from a huge assortment of professionally designed templates suitable for any purpose. Blogs, galleries, storefronts, product pictures, Squarespace's awesome looking designs will have you up and running in minutes, and a suite of specially designed plugins can help you quickly integrate the functionality you need without all the complexity. You can try it yourself over at squarespace.com cooptional and get 10% off your first order along with a free trial. We've seen some fairly ridiculous things as of late that probably shouldn't be happening. The smart Wi-Fi enabled salt shaker. A shark dating sim. Northern Lions continued career. Dodger branded coffee beans. I mean, good lord, who would be foolish enough to buy YouTuber branded coffee? That has to be one of the most ridiculous, ill-conceived, terrible ideas in the history of- Hey! No matter how bad your idea, make it real with Squarespace. Make sure you get an awesome domain that everyone will remember, like .gripe. No, seriously, you can get a .gripe domain. No, I'm not kidding, that actually exists. Squarespace is even selling it with the convenience of Squarespace domains. A couple of clicks, no setup required, and your brand new .gripe domain name is ready to go for some reason. What a selling point! Everyone will take you seriously with that one. Create your own professional-looking website with no experience required at squarespace.com cooptional and grab 10% of your first order. Make your next move with Squarespace, because no idea is a bad idea when it's presented in the right way. Except that whole nuclear war thing. Maybe knock that off. You don't mind. Please. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the sounds of Miracle of Sound with Duke, he used to be cool. Which it did, and he was, and he's not anymore. So that's really <laughs> kind of unfortunate, isn't it? Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, mm. thankfully, there's a bunch of other games that are cool. I actually played one last night on stream, as it happens. It's called Ruiner. It's out today. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, uh, it's a tricky game, but I think it's right up your alley, because, I mean, you beat Fury, right? If I recall mm. correctly. Well, there are some comparisons, I think, to be made between Ruin and Fury. It's uh, set in a dystopian cyberpunk setting. It's one of those sort of ultra hard 
top-down-ish sort of games. A lot of dodging, a lot of countering, a lot of evasion. But you happen to have an awful lot of firepower. You know, one thing I didn't really like about Fury, well, I mean, some people liked, some people didn't, is that Fury, you got your whole skill set right off the bat. You know, mm. you had a sword and you could reflect stuff. And, you know, that's pretty much back, you know, and you had that skill set and that's what you had to work with. Well, Ruiner, you've got a lot of different loot items, you've got a lot of different skills you can use. And as a result, there's a lot of variety in the game sort of right off the get-go. So it's essentially a top-down twin stick with some melee elements and a lot of dodging around. And you're in this dystopian town. For some reason, you have a screen for a face. I don't know why, but you do. Great. Uh, some saga shit. Yeah. Definitely something like that. Uh, they'll probably use that to put dank memes in front of everybody's face or something. I don't know yeah, if I dank so. memes are a useful skill that could be used in this game, but it's possible it's later down the tech tree. I haven't just quite seen it yet. And you get you have this little hub area where full of interesting, weird, dystopian, cyberpunk-like characters, and you go on hunts and bounties and kill certain people and go through these dungeon-like levels. And the whole thing is very much a moment-to-moment, action-packed, make sure you dodge at the right time or you're dead, make sure you use your shield at the right time or you're dead. But very satisfying twin-stick shooter. And what I really like about it is there's a lot of weapon variety. They do the whole Hotline Miami thing, where your weapons have limited ammo or durability, so you're always picking up a lot of new stuff. What's neat is you can get better versions of those weapons that have more ammo. So it's like, oh, this is like a rare version of it. So it's got like an ammo count that's triple the size. So you get to hang on to it for longer. And I've seen a lot of weapon variety even within the first hour or so of the game. Melee weapons and ranged weapons. Big flamethrowers, big disc launcher that was really awesome. Various kind of guns, a freeze ray, a laser that bounces off things. Various types of shotguns. I do like a game that has a variety of shotguns in there, and this one seems to have that. And it is... It's tricky. Definitely tricky. I fought a couple of bosses last night. Uh, One of them, the guy with the disc launcher, was definitely kicking my ass. There are some times in the game where I feel like the damage output of the thing is kind of crazy, and you're likely to die in one hit. And... Mm -hmm. They also like to hide these little shotgun traps just out of your field of view. So you walk into them and they shoot and then you die. And Son it's of a bitch. fucking bastards. You know, they're, <laughs> they're a bit mean about that. The one thing that kind of threw me off, which took a bit of getting used to, but I did get into it eventually, is a lot of twin sticks are very much top down. You're sort of in the center of the screen. This, uh-uh. You sort of at a weird off-axis angle, and it makes it feel like where you're aiming your shots isn't actually where you're aiming your shots, so it felt that the controls initially felt a bit weird. I tried playing with mouse and keyboard, I wasn't into it. Uh, the controller was a lot better, certainly. And initially it felt a bit sluggish, but after about 20 minutes I got the hang of it, and I was really getting into it. The, there's a lot of dashes that you can chain together. You can even like uh, go into sort of bullet time and queue up multiple dashes to get to a certain location, do some kind of tactical stuff. And as a result, the action feels really awesome and slick and very Hotline Miami-esque, but just with a lot of weapons, cyberpunk setting, really awesome soundtrack, excellent aesthetic. It's it's good. What I can tell, really, really good. I think it'll be up Dude. your alley, Dodger. You're into the harder games. Great music can get you through really frustrating fights. <laughs> oh, Fury is a, that game in a nutshell. Holy shit. Right? It was so Dude, the Fury hard. soundtrack is so good. <laughs> I always felt like, all right, 
I have to do this fight again, but it's okay because the music is banging. Like, <laughs> if that's the case with this game, then yeah, yeah. it is that definitely. Uh, the weird sort of this Fury was very much just boss fights. This is a lot of dungeon crawling and little side quests and things. So very yeah, different in that respect. I kind of loved that about Fury, though. I love that yeah, it was yeah. just here's here's what you got. Here's a fight, and now here's a fight, and now here's a fight. It was very straightforward. Yeah. It was very focused. Yeah, they cut all the fat in that game. That game mm. is just that, and fixated on that very small ability set and using it to perfection. This, you know, if you're into the loot and stuff like that, and I am, then there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of skill options as well. There's a ton of different skills. You can swap them out, and they all have a lot of multiple levels. You sort of... Uh, through the society, your worth as a person is uh, defined by your karma, and you're mm -hmm. rewarded by society for doing certain things, which includes murder, uh, apparently, for some reason. And the the higher your karma level, the more stuff you get access to, and all that kind of thing. It's you know, I don't think there's a lot of originality in the game in terms of the game mechanics. You know, a lot of a lot of games play like this, but this plays well. It's slick. It'll certainly find a streaming audience because I know there's that audience of people that really loves their ultra hard boss oriented games and this is definitely one of those i like the name i like ruiner and fury is what all games should be called Indeed. Names like, that. <laughs> like cat quest sounded great but ruiner yeah. and fury win me over just from the i play exactly. a game called ruiner yeah <laughs> i feel like you'll enjoy cat quest more though no <laughs> cat quest fury the reckoning so i play that Hell yeah. yeah some good stuff some good stuff yeah so i enjoyed that a lot that's out today as it happens, cool. uh, quite a few good games coming out today. It's out on console and it's on PC. I got to play it a bit last night and I was into it. Totally into it. Simon, you said you were at uh, EGX. So I know you were working primarily with Squeenix. Did you get a chance to play anything else while you were there? They were exhibiting some pretty cool stuff, I heard. Uh, yeah, I, got, I, I deliberately went out of my way to try that Mario Odyssey demo that everyone's been playing. Yeah? What do you uh, reckon? Because I, I, it's just... I just, I'm constantly, and this game going sound like an idiot, but I don't care. But I'm constantly fascinated and in awe of the way that Nintendo can make me feel like a child. Like okay. that is, it, it's not, it's no, that's no big surprise. That's not a big shock or a big, oh, wow, what's this crazy opinion you have on mm, Nintendo? Yeah. But it just amazes me that when they actually do sit down and go, right, guys, it's time to make a proper Mario game that will establish our console and people will constantly look back to it. Because um, when, uh, oh, the name's got so weird. When new Super Mario Brothers 3D Whatever the, the, the 3D for are. we, for we, you, you yeah. are like, oh God, I'm confused. Where am I? <laughs> exactly. When that came out, it was fine. And it was like, yeah, this is a fun Mario game. But then when they did 3D World, which was their proper, this is meant to be a Mario game. I was like, oh, it's wonderful. And it's just, this one, it, this one tops even that still, because A, it's just bizarre to play a Mario game that, I mean, I know they've always had big levels, but these levels are huge. And that's just... It's just not what we. It's just. It just feels very strange for a Mario game to have these massive hub areas. But the way they just litter it with little things to make you smile and laugh and just have a lovely time. I mean, we should all be like pointing and laughing at Mario Odyssey because the whole point is now his hat is alive. I mean, that's yes. it. Right. That's, that's the whole premise of the game. And yet you start using the hat and you're like, I'm so happy his hat's alive. Why hasn't <laughs> this hat always been alive? I can jump on the hat and I can put the hat on other things and it's just. It's like being on some roller coaster that's made of marshmallows or something. It's just a wonderful one. It's, it's, there's nothing sort of super different there. If you played a Mario game before, you're not going to be taken. You know, it's not going to surprise you in any sense. But it's so well made and it looks so good. And my demo lasted you know, about 20 minutes. And as soon as it was done, I was like, I could, I'll even play that section again. 
if you'll give me the time because he's just nice and effortless and fun. And you also know once you get into it, it's going to be, well, I hope so anyway. I hope it's going to be hard as nails. All, still to this day, even with Nintendo's obsession with the casual, you know, the casual market, you always get to a certain point in their proper Mario games where they go, right, now we're going to whoop your ass. Let's see if you, if you can do this. And that, that balance is just... It's lovely. And it feels so good on the Switch because, again, the Switch is just... I'm a big fan of the Switch. Yeah, uh, yeah so I think we're all like Switch converts here. You know, if not, if we were not convinced before it, we're definitely into it now. It's like, oh, God, this is just really convenient and does exactly, everything yeah. we want to do. So that has been... That was just... I mean, it's, again, whatever you think it is in your head is what the game is. But it looks lovely. It plays well. It's awesome on the, on the you know, the, the, the handheld, when you're in handheld mode and stuff. And yeah, I just walked away going, well, I'm buying that in October. <laughs> it's like, that was a, that's a simple purchase to make. So yeah, I deliberately went out of my way to, uh, to play that. I didn't play this at EGX, but something I did want to bring up when you were talking about Ruiner just in the weapons. I did manage to get an hour with Wolfenstein 2. Ooh, a yeah. A lot of us looking forward to that one. Well, that's the thing, because you said, you mentioned about how, you know, there's loads of guns and they're awesome to use. Yes. That is, that is why Wolfenstein 2 is, is just so awesome. There are so many guns. It, again, it, we, I know we all did this in the New Order. Uh, so it's not, again, it's not like a big surprise. But the fact they just go, you want to dual wield any of the guns? Yeah, that's cool. And you want like 42 guns? <laughs> yeah, fine. And it's just, it is, it's wonderful because it reminds you, and I think for a while shooters completely forgot that the whole point is shooting a gun is meant to feel really good. Yes. But that just went out the window entirely. Wolfenstein 2 not only brings that back, but it's like, oh, we need to make up for like 10 years of nobody doing this. And I know they did that, like you say, a few years ago, but it is so good here. And there were so many sort of action-packed spits where you're just getting absolutely run over by enemy after enemy, but you've got like your shotgun in your left hand and you've got your machine gun in your right hand. And you're just slamming triggers, you know, till the cows come home. You're like, this is, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm an awesome human being right now as people just explode and blood goes everywhere. I mean, it, like I say, it's a sequel in every sense of the word. But it is great. I mean, it is really, really good fun. And like I say, when I, and then at the end of the demo, you get on one of those Panzer Hounds or Huns, whatever it's called, and you just run around setting people on fire. Yeah. You're like, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Bethesda. I'll go home now. So uh, yeah, that I just wanted to throw that in there because I Absolutely. can't think of a game that uh, I honestly can't think of a game actually right now on, especially PS4, Xbox One. I look over here as I say this to make sure I'm correct. No, I think I'm right. That feels as good to shoot. Maybe Doom. Doom. Yeah. Kind of, Pretty much do. What was I saying? What was I saying after E3? Best demo they had there. Yeah. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Uh, and and Pax. Pax West is best demo there too. The Wolfenstein uh, New Colossus demo is incredibly fun. And you played a different one. I played one where you're in a wheelchair and you have to roll around oh, with a yeah, gun under your that, lap yeah. and you have to shoot guys. It's incredible. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of cool variety in it. I, I, we've seen, like, we saw the sequence with the LSD trip. Like, they could pull off some crazy stuff with that. Uh, even the first game had a lot of it. It was so interesting. I love the fact... The first game is a giant power fantasy, but it's still got a bunch of characters you can care about, and it's this cool globe-trotting adventure. That's another thing that's been missing from FPS for a while. It's like, I want to go all over the world, see really cool locations and have all these different levels and feel free to theme them in certain ways. But don't take away the fact that it's still a shooter. Like, COD did a lot of that. It's like, oh, you can do this cool thing, but it's like actually not really a cool thing because you're on rails for the whole thing and it's just you actually shooting things. Like, oh, we get to pilot a helicopter. No, you just get to be a door gunner and kind of hold the button down. So, oh, you know, <laughs> well, it, it is quintessentially a shooter at its core and it hasn't forgotten that. Absolutely. That's, and that is why it's so much fun to play because what are you doing as a shooter? You shoot things. Absolutely. So 
it's like, you know, if you're still like, you know, I was an hour in and I was still finding different ways to, you know, team up my guns and what they could do. And obviously, because it was a demo, they let you level the absolute crap out of them to begin yeah. with. So they're, they're well overpowerful. Mod the and hell out of them. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't even do that much in the demo. There was like an outside bit, then there was a factory bit, then there was, but then there was a cutscene with two people banging because it's Wolfenstein. It's Wolfenstein, sure. Yeah. You have to include. Uh, and then, like I say, you finished it just running around on a giant robot dog. Mm-hmm. But it was just the whole point was every time you smashed the right trigger, you were like, oh man. You just grin. Like, <laughs> you just fucking yeah. grin. I just, I, I used to love using the dual automatic shotguns. Like, yeah, I'm dual oh, yeah. with automatic shotguns. I just lit the place up. It's like, oh, this feels so good. This is never going to get boring. Um, this, I mean, that will definitely be my, of the many games that are coming in November, that's the one that's like, I'm going to specifically put time aside to make sure I can play this whole thing. Cause the first one was that good. Is it November? I mean, probably it's either, it's gotta be right. It's coming out this year. It's the next eight weeks or so. Yeah, Every kill in this game looks so satisfying. It says October 27th on here, which Ah, is close enough to November, but yeah, I'll take that. That's a month away. Yeah. Another right. game that I will be gone for. Ah, table flip, whatever. <laughs> well, you did insist on going to Australia for a month for some stupid It is Australia, reason. though. I'll be fine. I feel like I'll be okay. You'll be eaten by snakes. Just saying. If you're going to die, it might as well be by snake eating. Indeed. Might as well get punched to death by kangaroos. Yep. Murdered by drop bears. Snakes. They're like, we're trying to help you. <laughs> Never see them coming. Never see them coming. It's a, you can go on Switch. Jesse, you can play on the Switch. I mean, I don't know how good an experience it's going to be, but that game's going to be available on the Switch. Take the Switch with you. I think it's you. cool. I think it's cool that Bethesda putting Doom on there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Doom, mm. Doom is just, what a video game that was. Absolutely. I love that game. I will buy that again for Switch. The other thing I like about Wolfenstein as well, again, nothing different from the first one. It's so damn hard, but it's hard in a good way. Like, you put it on those harder, difficult levels, and it really tests you. And I just, especially when it's got that whole sneaky mechanic as well. Now, I don't massively want a sneaky Wolfenstein, I do think it's really well implemented. I do think it never feels cheap, and it feels like if, you, if you're smart and take your time, you can actually be a bit tactical with it as well. It's Lovely. a damn good video game. Yep, it is. Then you can play it in little bits of different ways there as well. And apparently they've they've fleshed out the stealth a little bit and the way that the commandos call in reinforcements and stuff like that. So you want to go all sneaky beaky like you can, or just go in there with the dual wheel shotguns and eat people with them. Seems good too. Always all right. That way. Someone else, what you got? Toss it in the ring. See what's see how it fares. Somebody. Oh. Um. I played. I for a sponsored stream. I played a game called Auto Age Standoff. Okay. And uh, it's a car battle game. Okay. And it was really felt like the way that it feels to drive these cars around is really really tight. Um. It's super responsive, and uh, it's very like. 80s cartoon and how it presents itself the music is amazing the music is so good but uh yeah you just like build up a load out of a car and you go in there's um deathmatch there's team deathmatch and there's capture the point and you can have small cars medium-sized cars or big cars and uh yeah and you just fucking like kill all the other cars just blow up all the other cars and it's really really fun and satisfying to play it's super simple um but again good music always helps so just like just like running around in this car blowing up other cars to great music huh, i'm seeing I that 80s it. vibe you're talking about that it's very kind of tron like a little bit of mm-hmm. far cry blood dragon there with like the neon yeah. lines and the wireframe everything going on yeah, yeah, like the bad guy of of the like story of the game is named Dark Jaw. 
Sure. And, yeah, that sounds you know, about right. That, that kind of stuff. <laughs> why, why is it called Dark Jaw? He has a, he has a, well, a very dark jaw. It's like, oh, that's very intimidating. Yes. Mm, yeah, and then well, the main girl, for... you know, will sometimes be like dork jaw, more like you know, ah, you know, it's, it's that kind of. I can see why this game appeals to you. It's just as yeah, unfunny it's as great. you are. It's great. It's all oh, dad dear. jokes all day. Pretty much. Um, okay. Yeah, the the like in terms of building the cars, it's pretty simple. Um, the sort of things that are available to you to like outfit the cars is is limited, but um, you can feel the difference for sure depending on how you build your car. Mm -hmm. um in terms of like how much speed you wind up getting if you choose different chassis and things like that but um yeah i had a lot of fun with it so again keep in mind i was paid to play it yes. but i was i was mind. delighted i was delighted when i started playing i was like this is actually really fun so cool glad to hear that jesse if we're gonna go on the sponsor shilling stuff oh. uh you played oh, a fort fortnite battle royale for a sponsored stream we're going to be talking a little bit about that later when we talk about blue holes uh interesting statement regarding just, just pubg and we epic to, games we're going to talk about blue holes later yes indeed blue anyway jesse so how so many jokes yeah we're, since we're doing the shill and thing yeah fortnite battle royale which is out today and it's free or is it tomorrow yes. something like that uh 26th uh it's today it's free uh you don't need original Fortnite to play it and it is a 100 oh. people jump out of a flying uh magic school bus yeah that, I, that was interesting seeing that it's like it's a bus with a balloon what's going on with that you know whatever <laughs> and you you jump out of a school bus and you fly down to an island and then last one to live wins and um it is the exact same mechanics of Fortnite. so you have the many 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 guns that you can find uh, and then of all those guns, there are the common, uncommon, rare, and legendary version of those guns. Yeah. Then there is the building blocks you can use to make shelters and build up um, different uh, defensive positions and things. And then uh, you run around and you try to kill the other people. And, and then you can take all their items and then uh, keep yourself alive and try to win. I... I am not like I, I've never been on this uh, battle royale craze. Like last week, when you guys were talking about it, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't give a <laughs> damn. Um, after having played this though, I honestly truly understand why people care a lot about these and why they're so popular. I get it now. And before, I was like, I don't care because I didn't play it. Uh, now, having so played it, I totally why do you understand. think it is that's really uh, why this is a, like the latest craze, I guess, when it comes to game modes that people really want? Well, I think it is less. I mean, even though it's a it's a PvP game, it's a player versus player. It's a hundred people, but it's less about them and more about you and your personal experience and your personal skill and learning from the mistakes you made. And being like, all right, well, I goofed that time, but I can immediately leave this game because I'm dead and go find another, jump in and try a new strategy and try to find something else to work on. And maybe like this time I'll go to this part of the map or this time I'll do this. Or maybe I'm going to jump out right at the beginning and kill as many people as I can. Like, and you get like, you know, might get a completely different loadout this time. He finds some different absolutely. items right off the bat. Yeah. yeah th and that's what I got out of like my limited experience with PUBG as well. It's like, oh, every time I drop... It's a bit different, you know. It's a, I don't know what I'm gonna find next. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's um something that that so when I, my very first time ever playing, I was like, well, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna do what I would normally do in a situation like this, which is like go off to the furthest part of the map and try to stay alive rather than try to kill people. And so by doing that, I got to like 11th place out of 100 and was like, Oh yeah, what? you could totally do that just by being a giant coward in those games. As yeah. long as you stand inside like, a blue right, circle well, and don't die. If I start to really engage people. And so I started playing and the first time I got, I was like, I got slaughtered. I think it was like 48th or something. And I like went in, but I, as I kept playing and I only played admittedly for like two hours, but as I kept playing, by the time I got to the, I'm not going to spoil the ending of the video, but like by the time I kept going, I was like gunning down dudes. And I like understood the the strategies of like what to build and where and how you can even if you build stuff and use it as a lore because people are like oh well someone was here because they built a thing ha, then you can yeah. like trap them in it and be like what a bitch and like kill them. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna yeah, ask about the building element. Like, it seems a bit out of place. I, I saw like about that too. I saw well, some they, they, person they, they, literally building a wall in the middle of a firefight, which seemed like a really like what the fuck kind of thing to have happen. It's like, yeah. So there's there's a Minecrafty element to Fortnite, the original game, where you can destroy anything in the world, and then you can use those resources to build up um, defenses and traps. And in this, you can't build traps, but you can find traps and place them. Okay. So if you mm -hmm. build them like loot chests or whatever you can use them um and so and in one of my games i managed to get into the final circle so it very much has that like battle royale thing where a circle closes you in so you yes, have to keep yeah, fighting yeah. each other and i used it to the point where i figured out where the next circle would be like set up a trap within the area people would have to run in to get to the circle and kill like two people that way and it felt so good to be like oh, that was clever right and so um there's there's a uh element in the game where you can just destroy everything and you can use all of those items to build wood brick and steel uh shelters for yourself or places to place traps or, or whatever the case may be and so in this they've limited what you can do so it isn't like you're spending your whole time building because there wouldn't be a game maybe less i'm sure as you know also, like yeah 15 minutes it wouldn't yeah. make any sense either like th this is the weird thing about it it's like it's a game where you constantly have to be on the move because of the blue circles, but then you're talking about building, which is an element of permanence. You don't want those two things. So have they found like a happy middle ground there? Well, uh, yeah, because the building goes much faster and there's only a limited number of things you can build. You can build a flat uh, thing. You can build a wall. Uh, not a floor because I guess it counts as a ceiling, but whatever the flat, either floor or ceiling you can build. You can, or, or a ledge if you wanted to. And then you can build walls. You can build a roof and you can build stairs. And what they've done is they've made it so there are some items, for example, like you'll see you see or hear a glowing chest. And you're like, oh, I bet there's something awesome up in there, but it's on a cliff. There's no way you can get to it unless you're building stairs to like go up to the cliff. And okay. then you can get All the right. super weapon that's up there that will probably help you win the game. And so they've done stuff like that. But also there are, one of the areas is kind of like a swamp. And so there were a lot of derelict shacks. And what I would do is I would go around and as the circle would close, I'd go from one shack to the next shack and just build up that and like hide out in there like van what's coming for me come on in here and so and i would do that and then there was also times where i set up uh barricades to different things like well they're not going to come through this way so when the circle closed they're going to try to run this way and they won't be able to get through unless they're hacking it down and then maybe they'll get caught in the circle and die mm. and so like there's different strategy ways you can really screw with people just by building and then of course i died a few times to not looking up like someone had built above me and i'd run out of a building and they'd just be like pop and i'm pop. like how did you ah oh, you built stairs up into the sky and you're way high up 
Yeah, that sounds like a bit of a dick move. It seems interesting. Like, I, I like the idea of the building, especially with, like, squad play. That The building, again, is counterintuitive because of the whole movement aspect of it. But if, you know, probably towards the end of the game, if you've still got your squad alive and you know, okay, well, you can see clearly where this final battle is going to be. Let's build up a little fort and let's man it and, you know, let's try and fight from this position. It, that sounds interesting, but again, weirdly against what Battle Royale kind of is. I'm... Well, I think I think that's the that's the thought process that I had at the beginning because I wasn't using it. I just had this stuff and was like, well, I've collected max number of wood. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this. Yeah. But the more I played, the more I realized that a lot of it is uh, strategy and um, strategy? Strat strategy? That's what uh, you just made a new genre, right? <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Yeah. A lot of it's strategy. Uh, no, so a lot of it is um, this this aspect, because you see the timer that's like, you have two minutes uh, to fight right now, and then, okay, the circle's going to close. You have two minutes before it starts. And then you have the circle is closing, get to the next area, two minutes. So it gives you all these little indicators of when you need to move or plan to move. And so you can then think, okay, well, I need to do this, this, and this. And, oh, okay, well, I can do this, this, and this. And let me look at the map and see what's up ahead. And suddenly it's more than just I'm running around killing people. It's uh, how do I really win this? If I want to win, what's this insane uh, plan that I need to have? My okay. strategy. What's my strategy here mm. going in to win? And it's it's super, super interesting. And I was uh, – I the more I played, the more I realized why people love these types of games. And so I definitely want to check out the other ones because I was like, all right. I get it now. I understand. Well, I was, I was kind of I think out. if you try PUBG, you'll be like, oh God, this is slow in comparison. And also, it's the most boring looking game in the universe. Like, Fortnite has color and some actual character. PUBG is like, how many store-bought uh, Unreal assets can we get of like really boring looking blown out houses? What uh, do you mean? When you find those spiky trench coats, you feel dope. Oh God. <laughs> Simon, what's your sort of experience of Battle Royale? Have you got on the PUBG bandwagon at all? Or uh, No, I, I basically used it to wind up the fans of that video game. Th that is easy enough to yeah. do in many <laughs> situations, I find. I have given it a couple of goes, but it's nowhere near enough to actually get. Do you know what I mean? I, I jumped in because you can't help it when everyone keeps talking about yeah, it. Yeah, you've got to try it if everyone's like, oh God, you know. Exactly, and also I find that when I do use, uh, when, when I notice a video game is getting a fan base, and I decide I want to wind that fan base up, <laughs> the best way to do it is to play it and yeah, take course. all the good. You know, we will just take those good bits that are obvious and then say they're all crap. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you've got to do to wind people up. So I thought, well, I've got to give it a couple of goes to, you know, anything that makes me go, oh yeah, I just write down like, yep, yeah, write that. Uh, so I, I understand. I mean, just like, you know, Jesse was just saying there, like you really do have to give it a few goes before it all starts to make sense. So I haven't done that. But like I said, even hearing your explanation then makes me go, okay, that, that interests me. And actually maybe, and this would be the most sacrilegious thing I say, I actually think the Fortnite version with the building stuff sounds more interesting. It does to me as well, right now, anyway. Yeah, because it... I think then you've got a whole risk-reward thing going on, right? Like, do I build this staircase, or while I'm building this staircase, is someone going to pop up and, you know... There it is. Yeah, you're building and you're wondering at the same time, like, I have a goal that I'm building towards, but, like, I can easily be shot, and then it's totally wasted. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds much more interesting than, oh, like you say, I mean, look, I, I you know, PUBG, good for that game, it's doing awesome, but it does look... Like looks like oh, crap. Simple yeah, as that. <laughs> it, 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 it does. Let's call it what it is. It looks like bland, boring, out of date crap. Because and it doesn't run very well either. That, the nice thing about Fortnite is 
the guys who are making it are the guys that own the engine. So they're very, very good at using that engine and making it run well on lots of things. So that's nice. I, I think it's... I don't want to go too far into this discussion because we are going to touch on it in the news, but yeah. I just to sort of stick on the fort, I think I'm going to give that a try because I said when I, after I played PUBG, I'm like, I see why people like this. I could get into this, but I think the game, it runs too long. There's too much walking around. And yes, yeah. while you can throw yourself into a high risk area, there's no real huge benefit to doing that. And you can often just die in two minutes and that's the end of the game for you. I'd like once a bit quicker. There's a bit more focused, where there's a bit more action in a more confined space. So I think I'd probably enjoy that more. I'll give this a shot. And of course, this is the first Battle Royale game to be available on consoles. So that's going to be a fairly big deal for a lot of people. But I'll give it a try. I mean, it's free. You might as well not. Might as well, right? I think you I could... honestly, that, it, it, just the explanation there has won me over massively in that sense. I think it sounds. And actually, this is a weird way for me to come at it. But the way you described it, that sounds harder to take the mick out of than PUBG, which I've done as a fake person I made up called the Miller Report many a times. <laughs> I, I, for what you told me there, I don't know how, what I would even poke holes because it actually sounds like it took a very popular idea and go, well, we just build it like this. It will be a, a better a better game. I mean, I doubt I have the popularity that PUBG has. That's just one of those things. Where, right, like, probably I, not. Yeah. You know, it's not hard to dethrone the king. Everybody. Not impossible, yeah. though. You know, we saw that with uh, King of the Kill in particular, you know, which did it before PUBG. Yeah. It's still a very popular game. It's still in like the top five most of the time on Steam, even though people said, oh, it killed it. No, PUBG didn't kill it at all. Still a very popular game. But ultimately, to me, this whole thing's like a game mode that could be very easily implemented into other games. So you're going to see a lot more of this stuff pop up, and that's good because mm -hmm. that means you've got more choice and variety. God, I'm dipping too much into this. I want to talk about this in the news. Anyway, Sorry. It's, it's my, no, it's my fault entirely. Let's uh, so bugger off with that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Heat Signature. Can I talk a little bit about that? Sure. That game still does not look interesting to me. I know that you said that Dan really loves it. And Dan you're like, loves I can't it. wait to play this. I was looking at the screenshots and I was like, God, this game looks fucking boring. It so I guess. Depends what you yeah, want out of it. it. I mean, you didn't play Gunpoint, did you? Which was no. his other game, right? I mean, the idea of Heat Signature is you're basically a space pirate, you got this little pod. And you've got a very open universe and you're given missions to infiltrate these procedurally generated starships and do an objective. And there's a bit of stealth in it. In fact, there's a lot of stealth in it. And each uh, game very much has a different set of rules. So you go into a ship, it's like, well, this one's got a lot of guards and there's this kind of security system you have to bypass and all that sort of thing. And a lot of it is... I think the enjoyment of it very much is the same as in Gunpoint is there's a lot of very emergent gameplay that just kind of comes out of the systems that are in it. Like, for instance, a lot of it is uh, based on the idea of momentum. And if you were to, say, blow out a window and ship, you get sucked out into space and then catapulted halfway across the map. So you've got to be like, oh, God, can I somehow get to a space station? I just got catapulted out of the ship when everything went horribly wrong. Can I somehow get my ship to intercept me and catch me before my character dies and all that sort of thing? Or can I use this against the enemy? You know, could I set up a little trap where I catapult the guys out of their own window in the spaceship and then steal it? It's, you know, it's a sort of space heist kind of game with puzzle elements and stealth elements. It is not the most interesting-looking game. It's very much top-down. It's very utilitarian. I will happily admit that. But yeah. there's a lot of really cool, complex systems that work well together to produce these unique gameplay interactions. 
which is why it's interesting. I haven't played much of it yet, probably put an hour or so in, but so far I've tried to hijack spaceships, gloriously failed to do so properly. My best Great. laid plans have gone horribly wrong. And honestly, that's the most entertaining part of games like that. You come up with a plan and everything goes to shit. And it goes to shit in a really entertaining way. And because there are the systems in the game to ensure that that happens, it ends up becoming an entertaining kind of experience. Kind of reminds me of Monaco. Every time I try yes. to play Monaco, I just scream through it because oh, God, I immediately I get how... spotted and I'm like, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I love how wrong that people. game can go. It's so great. Especially you've got a team of like three people with you. It's like, we're all heist bros. We're going to go. And here's our carefully laid plan. And someone just fucks it up immediately. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Now what? It... Yeah, it's, I'd say, you know, it's, it's, it's very niche. It, it's a little more like you've got to make some of your own fun in it, definitely. But I can see why people enjoy it. There's a lot of freedom as to how you approach these objectives and a lot of really cool, unique situations that result from having all these really cool systems that work together. And a space heist game, it's appealing to me. Being a space pirate, nicking people's ships. Yeah, that's a little fantasy I would like to play out. Heat Signature lets you do that. So mm. I could see why Dan's really into it. I think it's a pretty fun game from what I've played so far. That was nice. I'm trying to think, what else have I played a bunch more Total War Warhammer? Simon, there's another fan base you'd be taking the piss out of lately. <laughs> Rightfully so. They're, they're the they're the best. They Those are. Those guys are the best. So, like, just as a quick, it just cracks me up because yeah, I did do a I did do a video on my on my YouTube channel that is is clearly the fakest review. In it, I even say during my two minutes of gameplay, I realised, and they get so mad. The Total Warhammer, any Total Warhammer fan, uh, Total War, sorry, fan out there right now, just thank you for being, thank you for the passion and the love you have. For <laughs> oh, like, I experienced that passion firsthand when I streamed it and apparently didn't stream it right. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was right. rough. <laughs> you, you've only streamed it as Skaven, right? Yeah, I've play, but I've been playing last few days as Dark Elves, which I believe your husband's also been playing on stream with JP, right? Mm -hmm. he's been doing a bunch of that dark elves are fun like one of the concerns that i had about the game and i think a lot of people did as well as like with the first one you've got a very cool set of races that sort of run the gamut it's like there's a lot of variety here you get your empire so that's your humans you got your dwarves you got your orcs you got your undead that's a nice that runs the gamut here it's like well you got elves and then they're slightly meaner cousin elves and then there's lizard people and the rat people and people are like, oh, that doesn't sound like it's got a lot of variety. There's actually way more than it looks. Like, they've done a lot more to really split up and diversify each race. And the Dark Elves in particular, everything feels like you're constantly on the edge of rebellion. Because, well, you're a bunch of bastards and you keep taking slaves. Which, as it turns <laughs> out, people kind of get pissed off at that. And, you know, and there's always risks of slave rebellions and things like that. So you have to balance how greedy you get. Because the more slaves you right. got, the more money you're making off the back of them. And you could sacrifice slaves to do rituals and summon cool shit with it. But if you go to ham on taking too many slaves too fast and you don't have the infrastructure to support it and you don't have the public order, you have huge rebellions on your hands. So your whole there's all this internal politicking and your empire is just rebelling on itself and you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to go sort this out now. So you've got to worry about that. The politics are very cutthroat. It's like, I'm going to ally with the other Dark Elf factions, but I know they're going to fuck me later, so how can I set it up so that I can screw them and... They have this really cool mechanic where you can build what's called a black arc. And it's this huge city ship 
massive thing. And you could upgrade it throughout the game. So you summon one of these things that starts off as a little black arc, a little dinky cute black arc that can summon these powerful units called black arc corsairs, which are basically elf pirates. And the more you build this black arc up, the bigger it gets. You could build more stuff there to the point where you can recruit an entire army on this fucking floating fortress. And if you bring it to a fight, you can bombard using different spells and cannons and shit into a battle. So you can do naval support with it, which has not been done in a Total War Warhammer game, but has been done in Total War games in the past, like um, Shogun, for instance. So that's that feels completely different. And playing Skaven, where there's a lot of disposable troops where I don't give a shit about killing my own troops, versus Dark Elves, where like these guys are elite and they're really, really good at what they do. And I like I really want to preserve them and get them to the highest rank possible. Feels quite completely different experience. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. And later on, Dark Elves, they love monsters. Like all of your lords, if you get them high enough level, can ride a black dragon. And you can mm -hmm. recruit war hydras and dragons and harpies and all sorts of cool shit and get dinosaur chariots, basically. The cold ones that are essentially rideable dinosaurs. So yeah, it's, it's a big giant expansion for a game that was pretty good to begin with. But the races this time around, despite feeling like they wouldn't be as varied, actually feel more varied than the original game. And of course, when they bring the whole thing out, if you own the original, you've got to be able to play those races on a combined map a couple of weeks after launch as well. So you get this giant Total War experience with everything you want. Yeah, I think Sam was saying the same thing because he's played, uh, it's High Elves, right? There's Dark Elves, High Elves. Yeah, he's playing Dark Elves in his co-op campaign. Yeah, he's also played um, Skaven on his own. And I think he was saying Skaven has been the most fun for him so far. I love, but I like, like Skaven. Yeah, he he said the same sort of a thing though that like every he thought that the elves would at least be pretty similar, but they're not. Like every race that he's tried playing has been completely different. And yeah, they're totally not the same at all. Style, and it's been really interesting to yeah. to try new things, which is good. Yes, I mean I I think the high elves are a bunch of pansies. Personally, when I first got into Warhammer <laughs> when I was a kid. Like, with Fantasy Battle, the first thing I was into was Dark Elves. I was like, yeah, they're cool. They got you ride dinosaurs and all that kind of shit. And all the High Elves, <laughs> fancy pantsy schmancy, oh, the law and order, oh, the good and the magic. And it's like, nah, you're a bunch of bastards. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a big law thing where the main leader of the Dark Elves was basically supposed to be like the rightful heir. He was supposed to be the Phoenix King, but there was this big right way. You've got to walk into the fire and... If you pass through it, you become the Phoenix Lord. He got burned because he was an evil bastard and then went off and founded the Dark Elves and has been on this constant revenge binge against the uh, High Elves for thousands of years. So it, it's it, there's cool lore there. But mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Sorry, Simon, go ahead. Well, I say for all my all my jokes, because I do like to to, to prod the bit, it is because I'm not even a big uh, a big RTS guy, but I, I sat down and, and played it for for a couple of hours. It is a really well made video game. Yeah, it is. Like just in terms of like so the amount of depth that's there, and also how it teaches you, it's very very good at. And it, 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 it I, I always respect a video game that's like, look, we know we've got you know years of basically you know a back catalog here that yeah, we can just yeah. assume you know but it doesn't it really walk it really sort of holds your hand if you want it to yes mm. and when you actually get into like you say not even even before you get to a battle the amount of stuff that it wants you to do wants you to learn you can really invest yourself in it and i'll never say this again outside of this podcast because i will i've ruined my <laughs> reputation but it don't is, worry we'll keep it secret for yeah but it is but it is genuinely that whole series especially because i played the original total war warhammer 2 is just 
I just think it's one of those games where it just it understands the fan base and it understands how you do RTS. And it genuinely is. Like I said, I put two hours into it, which is a drop in the ocean for that thing. But even I was oh, like, yeah. this is just an incredibly well-made video game. It just is. Mm. And it is a lot of fun when you get lost in it. It's very hard to not enjoy a game where you can control big giant armies and just watch them clash. You know? Yeah. They're, it was so fun that Channel 4 made a series out of it called Time Commanders. They're even bringing it back, <laughs> so I'm told. That's... Especially when- Especially when you know that it's because you made the tiniest of tactical changes as well. Like you get you get your ass whipped by someone and go, well, what did I do wrongly? You know, what what do I have to do? And you go back to the drawing board and you actually go in again and you make it work. It's that dangling carrot. And I think yeah. it does it. I, I really got into it and I'll never say that again, but I really did. It's really good. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of right. Sorry, go ahead, Dodger. What you got? When does it come out? It is a couple of days, actually. Yeah, it's on the 28th. Yeah, yeah 28th or 29th. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of you'll see a lot of streamers playing it because they, they very much went with the approach of we just want streamers and YouTubers to play it and give their thoughts on it instead of, like, really going to the traditional media. And it's worked out for them. The views across the board, I mean, you can see the numbers on YouTube. Like, they were just very open about their development process. And they are worthy of criticism for some of the stuff they did. I think that DLC policy, uh, the original releasing and then locking chaos behind a, you know, basically behind a day one DLC pre-order thing was bullshit. And chaos was badly developed as well. You know, it was a very afterthought faction that wasn't that much fun to play. You can argue that $30 DLC is excessive, but you got a race and you got a campaign with that and extra units for all the other stuff. So... It's you know yeah it's overpriced yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dispute that there's they they definitely uh, they've had a pretty much history of doing that but the game itself I don't think anyone is gonna dispute the fact that the game is good despite that and I think that they have they're getting their DLC practices under control and they've given a lot of free shit over the past year and a half like new factions you got Bretonia for free I believe you got like Norska for free. You got a bunch of legendary lords for free, a bunch of regiments of renown for free, new mini campaigns for free. They've been laying down the content and they just did a massive update to the original game. So it's not like they abandoned it. They did a shit ton of stuff to update it and make it better. So I think they support their games well. Yeah, they they charge a lot, no doubt. But it they are they do support the games well. And this one feels really good to play. Yeah, might be more of the same, but it's more of a very, very good same. You know, I, w- I will happily have a second slice of that particular pie. I'm not sick of that pie yet. So mm. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Anyone else got anything they want to toss into the hat? Got a good few minutes before the next break. Anything you've been I, playing? I don't think you talked about microtransactions and DLC. I actually did play a bit of NBA 2K18. Really? Okay. All right. Tell me, tell me what's going on with that because that got slated recently for microtransactions. It's, it's, yeah, and I found that, and I didn't know where I fell down on it because it is way too aggressive with this microtransactions. Like it's literally, it, it would bring them up every few minutes. <laughs> hey, you want to want to buy some stuff? How about that? And admittedly, yeah. it can affect some of the modes, but I ignore, I've ignored them constantly and it still plays a great game of basketball. Do you know what I mean? So we now we get into this horrible gray area where you're like, okay, I can ignore this and it's not affecting my game. The game is great. The presentation's great. There's so much to do in it. The single player narrative stuff, while a bit silly at times, does really, it's fun. It is fun. There's no two ways about it. But then you've got this other side where you're like, 
man, does it want me to buy? You know, I've already spent, you know, 50 bucks on this. It really wants me to spend more cash. And if you do, it is going to drastically change your experience. However, you can just kind of, I mean, you know, you can just kind of pretend it's not there. That's what I've done. You know, I've been playing it for a couple of weeks and not once have I felt the need to buy anything. But maybe if I did buy something, I'd realize, oh man, it is screwing me over. So it's really difficult because some people have absolutely, you said, have absolutely just said, this has ruined the game 100%. I can't play it. Maybe I'm just a bit more stupid with that kind no, of stuff. I think there's a varying level of tolerance to that. You know, it's some people, for me, if a game's going to shove that stuff in my face, I'm very much less likely to buy it. And I also I'll start to lose the willingness to play it. You know, I lose the willingness to be enthused by it because I'm like, you know what? earn my money if if you're going to ask me if i play a game for good 20 30 hours i'll actively go and look as like is there something else i can buy for it because i love this and i think it's good yeah uh so if you have a very good uh, this is something that a lot of mobile games are kind of mastered if you have a very good um new user experience where like the first 10 hours is like this feels awesome it makes you more likely to spend and um, I found that with a game I've been playing a ton of this, this has been my very much my new Clash Royale, Titanfall Assault. I play it every day. And that game had a good new user experience when I started playing it. They're like, we realize we're not the top dog in this genre. Hey, we're dealing with Clash Royale, which is one of the biggest games on the planet. And we've also got, it's a Titanfall licensed game on mobile. We want you to be impressed by this. We're just going to, we're going to give you a ton of free stuff. You know, we're going to give you a good amount of cards. We're going to be very generous with what we do here. Every time you level up, you're going to get a nice box with new stuff in it. So by the time I got around to spending money on it, I felt like the game had, you know, if you, if you're going to fuck me in the ass, take me on a date first, pay for dinner. And that's, that's how I felt like with that game, you know? They took me to dinner. They res- <laughs> it was very respectful, you know? Okay. T- okay. Okay. Well, in that case, NBA does not take you to dinner. No, NBA knocks not. on your door. That is my says, understanding. Yeah. They literally goes, Let- let's fuck right now. And yes. you're like, whoa, you know, NBA. They were just waving the strap on in your face. <laughs> it's like, here's Johnny. They're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it-, it does. It does do. I can understand. I completely understand why it's rubbing people up the wrong way. Because it was kind of like that last year. Like last year, they, they were banging on. Jesse's trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. <laughs> I just, I just think it's crazy that <laughs> they asked for dinner. I feel like that, <laughs> it would have very nice. It would have been a very nice dinner. You're selling yourself short, but straight to ass. Like, look, what? it's his body. Look, he Jesse, you're the person wants. who will sell out thousands of dollars of promotion for a fucking body pillow on Twitter. You don't get to talk about selling out to me. It would have to be a very I'm nice dinner. Get that pillow up my ass. Like that's not how it ends. I like, mean, if you manage that, that'll be quite impressive. I'll give I'm you that. I'm judging but... you for wanting it up the ass. I'm just saying, you know, make him work for it. There's no reason why you got to like put said, out very dinner. nice dinner. That's just not right. Very Tell nice. Minimum of three courses. Good service. This is what happened. Pay for the whole thing. Good bottle of wine. You know, not not the cheapest one. Mid range. You're beautiful. You're worth more than that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. I appreciate that. You know. For dinner? No. <laughs> oh, you got a little bit more than that. I'm just oh, saying. I love it. I mostly Basketball do this to just... Chat. Indeed, yeah. Strange alarms. <laughs> it's like to scare the hell out of chat sometimes. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you could tolerate it with the uh, NBA stuff. I love but, all of the people yeah. in chat being like, this should be animated. No, it shouldn't. No, it should not. <laughs> There's no way to animate no. this chat. No. Shut it down. Not in a way that would allow us to keep our YouTube monetization. Blow up his butt. I we don't do want not. that no. to exist. We do not. Yep. That'll be a gif, and I don't need that. I'm going to specifically instruct our animator not to do this bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I've got nothing else to say about NBA. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, I I think we've sort of ended the NBA discussion forever, which is convenient because it's right about time to go to a break. When we come back after the break, we'll be talking about... Well, we're coming back to the PUBG stuff because uh, Blue Hole got a little bit upset about Fortnite Battle Royale. We're going to talk about what they said about that. Uh, There's been a hot off the presses update about the Warner Brothers Shadow of War charity situation and there's also a little bit of a thread that's been doing the rounds over last week that i think we could kind of get into and maybe add a little bit to so we're going to do that and of course our roundup of this week's releases we will find some good stuff amongst the pile of detritus that you will be finding on steam at the moment you're watching the co-optional podcast don't go anywhere your own little pile of podcast detritus we'll be right back no don't you dare stop it no Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Going to dive right into the news. We've got quite a lot this week. Usually it's it's a good old bus analogy, right? No bus for two hours and three come at once. There's a lot of news, so we're going to dive right in. First things first. So we've covered the issue of, well, let's just put it this way. Shadow of War has had some PR problems as of late, to say the least. They have been constantly pissing people off. And the biggest issue, at least in my eyes, was that they were selling a piece of charity DLC in memory of a senior developer who died of a brain tumor. And they wanted to memorialize in the game, which is cool. And they put in a character called Fortog Orkslayer. And then they decided, hey, we're going to sell it as charity DLC and we're going to make donations, but only in certain countries. And then... They had said on Twitter that nobody outside of the U.S.'s purchase would actually go to the donations at all. So there's a lot of backlash on that one and a pretty terrible response. With just this one-sentence statement where it's like, we're not going to profit from this, but they didn't explain how or why. Finally, weeks and weeks later, we now finally have a statement on that, which basically fixes the problem. And it goes something along these lines. I said, we decided to sell the DLC worldwide and donate all profits to the family. Uh, we hope this approach would raise as much money as possible, blah, blah, blah. And it's to promote the donation outside the US, even though we intended to donate the money, caused many questions to where the funds would go. And then they basically said there was a factually incorrect tweet from the team, which exacerbated the confusion, stating that international funds would not be going to the family. Yeah, I mean, there definitely was, because there was very much a... F- tweet that specifically said just Actually that. Actually incorrect, or now we're really trying to do damage control. I mean, well, that's a possibility. Currently, yeah. it's factually incorrect. <laughs> okay. Yes. It, the winners make history. Sure. Yeah, right, absolutely. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it yeah. was wrong, completely wrong, yep. Yeah. You know, and they go on to say, hey, you know, there were compliance regulations in a lot of different territories. Well, we get that. We get that, okay? The, it's complicated. But you're also a giant international mega corporation. probably figure that shit out. You know, you've got people for that. They have basically said, we now recognize that tying our donation to the sales of the DLC was not the best way to achieve the goal. And what we're going to do is we're going to give the DLC free to everybody. We've withdrawn it from sale and we're giving a flat fixed sum donation to the family. And they also provide a link that people can donate to as well. Which, uh, yeah, that was also a problem as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
you know, but you can choose to believe them or not on this. You know, are they backpedaling or was was that always their intention? We we're never going to truly know that, are we? That Either the way, it's they're doing the right thing. They're doing the right the thing now. Yeah. Yes. That's the most important bit. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it means the guy gets probably memorialized and more importantly gets memorialized everybody, not just the select people that bought the DLC. Mm -hmm. And there's a good donation go to the family. I, you know, I think it's a good solid solution to it. I think if anything, the only thing it points out is like your communication sucks. You know, this sounds like the kind of thing that could have been resolved weeks ago. If this was genuinely just a communication error, why did you not solve this weeks ago? Right. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, they learn a lesson from it because the I think maybe they don't realize that their reputation as a publisher was bad before this. It's worse now, and I think we should reward people want to do the right thing and we shouldn't hold grudges but they've got a lot of image repair issues they need to deal with you know because to say that warner brothers is like one of the scummiest publishers on the planet right now would not be an understatement i think they've done a lot of really shitty things so yeah you know maybe try and not fuck that up in the future <laughs> it's just solid advice there yeah yeah maybe just don't but yeah any further speculation is kind of pointless on, I think. Yeah, I just think if you're dealing with issues that are that... Sensitive. Any, yeah, any any issue that deals with that kind of emotion, probably just don't charge money for it. I think Absolutely, that, don't that, bring money the rule. in the yeah. equation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, you yeah. know, if you, want, if you want to memorialize someone, absolutely awesome. But yeah, don't don't then affix a monetary value to it. Even if you say all the donations are going here, which is lovely, it just, look what it causes. Issues mm. like this, right? And it causes, it's just uncomfortable. Like it really is. It's just, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. And I actually, I like the idea of them saying, hey, we're giving it to you to memorialize this guy. And then we're going to give a fixed sum yeah. to the family. I like that more than, because even though they're not saying this, deep down, I always had that vibe of, hey, you need to buy this or else the family isn't going to get any money, guys. Like that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, there was emotional manipulation going on there. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that at all. I like the idea. I of, hadn't look, thought about that, but that's very true. Yeah, really like, we're going to give them the money, and it's not on you to take care of this family. We're going to do this because we love, you know, we love him, we love his family, and we put him in the game, and so we're going to give that to you, and we're going to deal with this, the the charity aspect of it separately. Much love, thanks. Like that's much better, especially PR wise from Warner Brothers. It's a good solution to a shitty problem that they caused. Yes, um, they did cause it. So, you know, I can't hate them for that. And, no. and I like the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, there's still some companies, even though they fuck up, they're not EA and don't like, <laughs> no, we're totally all right. See you next game, assholes. Like, at least there's some <laughs> companies that admit they're wrong sometimes. That's yes. all I'm saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they admit they screwed up. I'm fine with it. I'm happy with the outcome. I think that's pretty much where we should leave it. That sounds yeah. reasonable. Okay, so moving on to something that has been going on for some time, the sag after voice actor strike. So it was a, quite some time ago that we covered this, and mm. essentially SAG-AFTRA is a big union of actors in the United States, and they were striking uh, on various video games in order to try and achieve certain goals, some of which were entirely reasonable, some of which were not so much, which included things like they wanted residual royalties, which is something that devs don't get. So <laughs> that wasn't going down well with anybody. Apparently mm. they have reached a tentative agreement residuals not on the table they didn't get that so if they spent a year trying to Under get that they understandably. failed understandably <laughs> yeah. yeah they should not have they got shouldn't. that uh but they have 
they've reached agreement about time worked. They've reached agreement about you know additional payments based on sessions that kind of stack up over time, which again sounds reasonable. I don't have any problem with them being paid properly. You know, I've done work under SAG-AFTRA before. Basically, everybody has to, really. If you work yep. with anyone that's in with the guild, you know, I've had to sign a SAG-AFTRA agreement when I did my stuff with Blizzard because they uh, work under SAG-AFTRA rules. But mm. they also got some other stuff which was kind of shocking in the fact that this stuff wasn't there to begin with. Uh, for instance, one thing that I noticed in a discussion thread was they now have to properly disclose if a job is going to require the use of things like racial slurs before they agree to actually do the job. Huh. I I mean, that's entirely reasonable. Why the fucking so. hell was that? It's along the same lines no. as like an actor auditioning for a role and not realizing it requires nudity. Yes, right? like, that's I exactly that what it is. along the same lines as that. Yeah, it includes um, unusual uh, terminology, profanity, racial slurs, sexual or violent nature, and all that kind of thing. And there's a lot of stuff that's just like, this really should have been in place already. Uh, mm. Obviously, these obvious various guidelines and safeguards that very clearly should have been there. As, as a person who faked his way into a lot of voice acting <laughs> back in the early 2000s. I think a lot of people uh -huh. do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I will simply say that having been in a lot of things many years ago, boy, is it not nearly as, I don't want to say professional, put together um, as people think it is. There's, it's, it's, they definitely need a union to come like sag after needed to come in and be like we need to set some ground rules because it is incredibly loosey-goosey over there in the world of voice acting um it is wildly variable in my experience yes, and pay is is drastic in both directions like it's, it's it's insane and the rules are sort of like the tide sometimes they exist it's like it's in and out and you have no idea what's going on and so the fact that it's 2017 and i was doing that stuff in 2001 like that just goes to show that for a long while things were pretty wacky mm -hmm. and i think only recently because of amazing video game performances that we've had over the last five six years from from uh some of these voice actors that now it's finally okay well we need to like we're making some of these games yes like our voice alone is really selling some shit so we need to fight for ourselves and i think that's fine i i agree with you on the whole idea of residuals that's crazy because like fuck that the devs yeah. if the devs aren't getting those yeah, like it's, no. it'd be insane that you got those so yeah well, that's a whole other issue with companies and that's the future yeah what was uh sorry go ahead i was gonna say i think i think that they probably went for that because in like big major movies even if you're a smaller actor in a movie you get residuals from that movie for a long time so not I think always though not always but a lot of the Hell, major films do it that i way. did uh january two years ago i was like i went to a nintendo event and they used me going it's awesome in a commercial or whatever i still get checks in the mail from that <laughs> nice that was two years ago so yeah. and that like residuals are are crazy when they exist but with that said i feel like 
we need to work through the order of operations. If we're going to talk about residuals, let's get the devs in there. Let's get everyone who's busting yeah. their yeah, ass. They're busting their ass. You know, let's be honest. The game, yeah. the game could exist without your voice, and it could not exist without their development. Let's, you know, let's be kind of clear about that. I think there's a big difference in filmmaking and game making. I think you make the argument that Iron Man doesn't exist without Robert Downey Jr., but you could definitely not make the argument that x video game doesn't exist without the devs you know even and, and what's so profound about that is even in marvel versus capcom the guy trying to do iron man is trying to do robert downey jr's voice he really is he really yeah. is in that game as well but and also he's... That... Yeah, sorry. well i guess they say you know the, the in many ways i mean i, I don't 100 sure how the process works but the developer is gonna or at least the development team is gonna come up with a character and they probably have somebody in mind of who they want to you know, voice that part. There are some pretty big voice actors now. So imagine that person waltzes in and go, yeah, you're going to get residuals. And the person that basically cast you goes, I, I don't get that. And also <laughs> a month before the game came out or the month before we went gold, I wanted to kill myself because right. the game development is horrendous. Because I was, was in a massive crunch. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. That's a huge problem in it, certainly. It, it, I don't think SAG-AFTRA did themselves any favors pushing for that. Uh, th that's the problem. If you're a union and you're not effectively representing the people that are part of a union, then you're obviously you're not an effective union. So you got to be careful with how far you get, you know, and you also, you don't want to alienate devs and people in the industry. Like, yeah, they're, they're in it with you. They're in the trenches with you. But if you then say, well, our voice actors get to waltz into a studio, do 45 minutes of work and then get residuals, whereas devs pulling a hundred hour fucking weeks and having to sleep in their goddamn offices don't, they're going to be a bit salty about that. You want to make sure the guys are on your side when it comes to this sort of mm -hmm. stuff. So to me, it seems like it's they've reached a reasonable position. I'm not mm -hmm. going to argue with any of that stuff about keeping people's voices healthy, properly informing them about this sort of thing. Yeah, that should absolutely be there. And a mm -hmm. good set of standardized rules will help in that respect. So good. For sure. Good. Things are getting fixed mm -hmm. this week. Man, God. It's feeling like quite yeah, productive. Yeah, as long as you don't look at the mainstream news, then things are really good right now. <laughs> things are getting fixed, guys. It's just gonna be great. Yep, everything's fine. Puerto Rico's like just underwater, but everything's fine. <laughs> uh, right, okay. So moving on. So that's that. That's that. Ah, uh, should we go for into the blue hole? Is Why that not? Let's just right now? jump right stop into that blue Just hole. stop saying it though. That's like, the name. That's the dev's name. What am I supposed fault. to say? Okay. <laughs> I right. think it is our fault. If we just ignore them, maybe it'll, they'll change their name. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we just don't use it, it'll take yeah. away its power. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They're so, the Beetlejuice. They're Beetlejuice. <laughs> that is going to be Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we said my. it three times. No. <laughs> so the first thing I knew of this was they actually send out a fucking email via their PR contact. And I emailed that guy back saying, lol, is your client fucking serious? Because I'm like, did this get accidentally sent out? Because it went through a Reverb Inc. It was a PR firm that represents a lot of games. And it's just this big, whiny screed by Changhan Kim, who was the vice president and executive of Bluehole. And they're saying all sorts of things. After listening to the growing feedback from our community and reviewing the gameplay for ourselves, we are concerned that Fortnite might be replicating the experience for which PUBG is known. Community... One, community concerns. Oh, fuck off. Nobody in the community was concerned about Fortnite. And that we have noticed that Epic Games references PUBG in the promotion of Fortnite. This was never discussed with us. We don't feel that's right. Well, yeah, they reference it once by saying we're fans of PUBG. That was it. it that's I'm offended. How dare you be a fan of mine? That's entirely legal. Don't play my stuff. 
Yeah. In the US, that is entirely legal as part of marketing. You could absolutely reference other companies. Far more than that. You could literally say, our product is way better than the, this guy, and this guy is a shit pile. You could say that. Referencing, say we're huge fans, we're fans of PUBG, that you're not using that as part of your marketing. That's barely a mention. And they, well, there's some other guy who's like, other companies will, of course, enter the marketplace, but I would just hope they would put their own spin on the game mode and not just make a carbon copy. Gross. Bear in mind, like, they hadn't even tried the game at this point, and it's not a carbon copy at all. It's got it's all sorts of different all. mechanics in it. The fact uh, that it has base building in it is, like, a huge that in itself. difference. Yeah, and it's like, the PUBG community hasn't continued to provide evidence of many similarities. No, they didn't. No, <laughs> but it, what, it wasn't cool. even out when you said this, so they had no choice of even trying the thing. And no, your community is not... Don't bring up the community as some fucking shield. All right, well, and then so we're taking care of them. It's it's not about us. It's not about yeah. us. It's about yeah. them. It's about that. So okay. after everybody rightly shits on them from on high about this, they clarify the situation. <laughs> of course they do, and this does not make it any better. Like because they're trying their absolute best to, you know, say, oh yeah, we had a real concern, and they're like, oh, it's, it's totally not because because people were kind of making the assumption, and honestly, from that email, I don't blame them. That PUBG is trying to take ownership of the genre here, saying that nobody else can make a battleground game, like no one else can make a battle royale game. It's like one, you think you were not the first to fucking do it. Exactly. So That's the thing that kills me is that they're like, how dare people copy our idea? And it's like. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and like, oh, it was involved in H1Z1. Yeah, okay, the, one of the devs was, sure. But also, before that, we had the Minecraft Hunger Games mods. We had Warcraft 3 mods that all did that kind of shit. And then before that, the Battle Royale movie and book and the Hunger Games <laughs> and everything else. But So, yeah, the people obviously made some, and I think pretty reasonable assumptions that that's what they were trying to do. So they're quickly back to, no, 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 we're totally not trying to do that. Uh, what they were concerned about is Epic Games. They're like, well, we're concerned that Epic Games... <laughs> This is the stupidest concern ever. We use the Unreal Engine to develop PUBG, and we pay a large amount of royalties based on the size of our success to Epic Games. Uh, the larger amount of royalties, by the way, in the standard agreement, I believe, would be about 5%, which they agreed to, and that's entirely their fault for agreeing to it. They could have easily built their own engine if they so wished to do so, but they wanted to rush the damn game out, so, of course, they bought an engine and then bought all their fucking assets from the store. Anyway, so they say uh, they make arguments <laughs> that... Um, that Epic Games, because they're making a game with similar, similar elements and they own the engine as a concern, they're claiming that they... Oh, God, there's this quote. Um, where is it? It's such a silly quote. That they could implement stuff in the engine that would help Fortnite and wouldn't benefit them and would also help other Battle Royale games. Uh, now we're starting to have the concerns that they're going to develop new features or improve something in the engine to support Battle Royale gameplay and then use it for their own game mode. Yep. Well, but like, like make it so that the engine is better, but then go into the system and be like, but don't upgrade theirs. <laughs> Which is not how that <laughs> works. Catch everybody except it's for It's open theirs. source. You can clearly see that whether they've done that. So that's not, we, we could be afraid when they make new features in the engine by modifying it that's not available in public. The feature could be leaked or other things could happen. What are you even talking about? The guy just blithers on. I don't want the fuck kind of cocaine this guy's been just eating. He's been <laughs> sprinkling like on his pasta. level of it's like, ridiculous. Us because we're popular. Like, that's not how the world works. That's but never that's, how the world works. That's the, that's the thing that is very confusing to me is the fact that they're on top. 
Like they are That's decidedly do, yeah. on top. In and I'm a like, huge what are way. you so nervous about? With Fortnite? Like Fortnite? What are you why do they so care? nervous about? I don't get why they care. If I was if I had those numbers and I was raking up, I, I would be throwing it in people's face. I'd mean, yeah, <laughs> be buying a yacht. I'd be buying my second yacht. I'd be buying a bigger yacht to put my smaller yacht in at that yeah, point. Exactly. I would and, do that. They, they should do what absurd. Blizzard does, which is, oh, your game has a thing? It's in our game now. Yeah. Like, you fucking have to leave. Like, they do it every time a new MMORPG came out, they just add whatever that ad Good. into Warcraft. And they were like, that's no, how genres games. get better. Yeah, and that's how you do it. You don't sit there and shit on someone else who's like, not going to have the same reach and not going to have the same amount of players and not going to be anywhere near you. You're on top. What are you doing? It's insane. Yeah, because uh, th the ridiculous thing is that I didn't even know there was going to be a Fortnite Battle Royale mode until they did this shit. They That's gave the Fortnite a ton of free publicity and they got to console first. Simon, go. Well, I say it's the whole Barbara Streisand thing, right? That's exactly what when, it is. Yeah, and I thought we'd all learned. Don't just shut up. I thought we'd all learned this a long time no, ago. No, we have not. Anything. I don't get it. I really don't get it. If I was in a position of that much power and I had managed to, to smash the market to that degree, I would just let them do whatever the hell they wanted. I'd just look at my cash and be like, man, I can swim in this shit. So I don't understand. I mean, and also to backtrack, just shut up. I don't understand what they have to keep throwing. Just, I okay, can realize, oh, wait, we shouldn't have said that. Just go quiet and continue to make all your cash. I don't get it. It's utterly lost on me. When developers do things like this, it just flies right over my head yeah it's because i'm the i'm dumbest. the same way i didn't even realize that fortnite was doing a battle royale mode until this happened and yeah. i was like oh i guess fortnite has a battle I royale touched mode. It. i want to touch it but i'm going to play it today because i'm now interested enough in this thing because of all this controversy it, they did blue hole did the biggest possible favorite epic games they could yeah. and some people have tried to defend them and i'm just like no you you look you went into your relationship with Epic Games is the same as anyone else that just bought their standard license. Like, there's no expectation of anything more than getting the engine that they paid for and the updates that that engine gets, which they're going to get, just like everybody else. And here's the thing, is you went in fully realizing that Epic is also a game dev, and everybody else that works with them also goes in knowing that fact. So if you don't want to give a bunch of money to Epic... You don't want to use that engine don't use their fucking engine then use somebody else's or build your <clears> own and then that's not a problem but let's call it what it is the reason they're using unreal 4 is because they they wanted to be quick to market because if they didn't someone else would have got there first and they want to be able to buy the majority of their assets most of the assets used in that game including things like gun models and most of the map assets like the burnout houses are all bought bespoke assets from the epic you know, the Unreal Store. That mm -hmm. map, there's nothing original on there. There's not at all. They haven't made a thing. They just slapped a bunch of shit together. Like, in many ways, PUBG is an asset flip. Mm -hmm. They're just using shit that other people put, made for them. And truthfully, maybe that's why, as devs, they seem so defensive. Because they, they know that. Downside, they lucked the fuck out with this. And it became oh, they did. Problem. And yeah. they're making money hand over fist. And they, I think, at their core are like, what if people catch on? Yeah, that what if somebody well else gets in on the racket? No you know? Yeah, there's no reason for them to react the way they are unless they themselves are very like, oh boy, I hope we don't get screwed on this. Like, oh, geez, <laughs> we'll find out we're really just scamming. It, it, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 
because mm. as far as I'm concerned, like as soon as a as soon as a bigger dev comes along with more experience and does a more polished version of this game, I think that people are going to leave. It's the the player base for these kind of things is nomadic. We've seen it with <clears throat> uh, survival games, and now we're seeing it with battle royale. You know, they mm. they moved from the culling to H1Z1 to PUBG. PUBG from what I've seen of it so far, doesn't have enough to keep people in there. They're trying to... This is why they're pushing this crate economy, this gambling economy. This keeps people in because they want to start throwing real money. It's very insidious, and they know that. That'll keep people playing the game. It seems like, for the most part, what every person who really loves these Battle Royale games wants is variety, and they're constantly looking for the next Battle Royale game because maybe it'll have better variety. Yeah. Also, um, it's down to they want a very specific experience. You know, when I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, I like PUBG as an idea, but I think it's too slow and there's too much downtime. I would play a game that had less of that. It turns mm-hmm. out that's actually what Fortnite is. But I do like the modern military realistic guns aspect of PUBG. So mm-hmm. maybe there's a middle ground there. Um so maybe someone will come along and do that or want a different setting or something like that. And that's why genres are cool, because you get yeah. that level of choice. Maybe you like World War II shooters, maybe you like sci-fi shooters, maybe you like all sorts of different things. And you, there will be something on the market for you. But right now, because this is a burgeoning new genre, there isn't a lot of choice. And I hope that does happen too, because then developers have to be creative and you've got to start thinking, well, how do we keep the... If we just have one game that exists within a genre by itself, it's going to get... I mean, you said yourself, it's already... There, it has dull moments Getting stale, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to use a wrestling analogy here, but I will. But you should. My... <laughs> we haven't slipped anywhere near enough wrestling references past this guy, so let's really pile it on. Here we go. It's true. But, I mean, it is like, you know, the whole WCW versus WWE thing in the, in the late 90s. You know, it, it, I mean, you can go back now and argue that maybe it wasn't as good as we all thought it was. However... But at the time, that was awesome, at- right? Yeah, it felt much more creative and it felt much more exciting because you didn't know which product to watch. So you flip back and forth between the two and eventually what you know, one of them won you over. And that was great for the consumer. And that's yes. all that ever really matters here. Like it, it just make sure you come up with the better product. Look at you know, do what Epic did. Look at you know, Blue Hole should look at what they did. Okay, they've done this. Like you said, yeah, do the blizzard tactic. Just put it in your game too. Continue to iterate. And make on it better. It. Continue to evolve it. Yeah. Com- you know, we always need competition when creativity is key. Otherwise, what is the point? You might as well shut it down now. Yeah, and yeah. this is why I think it's very important for consumers to realize, don't defend Blue Hole in this. Like, competition is good for you. Like, a lack yeah. of competition is not. If people get really defensive about things they own and start mm-hmm. to form you know, tribes around it. It's like, no, this is the best. Okay, cool, you know, you can have a nice discussion about that, but don't, don't feel like you have any ownership. These guys yeah. don't give a fuck about you. You bought their product and that's fine. They just wanted to keep playing and maybe buy some crates. You don't yeah. own this just and it, competition is good monopolies will always be anti-consumer of course they will the people yeah. will always like try to have their thing that they'll protect with their life and it's like man you gotta you gotta look at the other options like that's the only way that as consumers we're going to demand the best and even tribalism you know that's what it's about yep. it's like it's my thing though it's, it's my, my team my like, it's no. all about teams i team has got to win now oh, fuck that but yes it, it is the thing, like, even if you love PUBG and you want PUBG to exist for years and years and years, the fact that there are other games that are trying this means that PUBG has to up its game, and that's good for yeah. you because that, that means your game's going to get better. They can't coast. That's great. 
You know, if PUBG ends up being the best, so be it. If they win the battle, the battle royale, then so be it. <laughs> but they've got to make sure they up their game to get there. I want them to see them fight for it and work for it and prove that they they are the best. And we get to reap the benefits of that fight. <laughs> All in on that. It's good. Yeah. yeah so, I agree. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's a way to go, and Blue Hole needs to shut their fucking blue hole, basically, at this point. Was that your, is this why we've been saying the word blue hole all day since yeah, pretty much. finally it's all been leading up to that? Yeah. <laughs> blue hole. Oh! I've been, been holding that for about a week. You got him. I, yeah. I don't get how smart, successful people don't know how to shut up. I'll never get over it. Just shut up. <laughs> Just That's a great question. Dude, <laughs> if YouTube has taught me anything, oh, most of them yeah. don't know how to yeah, shut yeah, up. No. <laughs> no, they don't. So true. Oh, well. Yep. All right, so that's that. There, okay, we've got about 25 minutes. I think that's, it's not time to go about 10 minutes on this thread here. So it was uh, so it was an ex-dev of various kind of different places, and he had this, he's called Charles Randall, and he had an interesting thing, a few interesting things to say, and he started off by saying, the other day a friend commented to me, I wish game developers were more candid about game developments, and he was surprised uh, what I said in response. And he said that gamer culture is so toxic that being candid in public is dangerous. And he went on about saying, you know, there's things about angry gamers and game design tricks and people not really understanding how game development works. And, you know, even mentioned some things like, you know, some YouTubers are causing these problems by, you know, rabble rousing and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, just the general conclusion that the whole situation is so unpleasant and that there's so much hate and flaming being thrown around that we can't have a good, honest, open conversation about game development. So I, I just, I'd like to initially sort of hear your thoughts on how true you think that is, because I don't think that it's universally true, really. I've, I've seen quite a few devs that I think have done a great job of having that conversation. <clears throat> I yeah, think I'm, trying, I'm trying to think about the differences. Sorry, Simon. Well, so I think it, it, it's kind of like a flip of a coin, right? Because one day you, you could wake up and the internet can be a wonderful and promising and exciting place. And the next day you do nothing different. And all of a sudden, you, you're, you're, <laughs> you know, it's people, people are saying, you have to die now. You're like, well, I didn't do anything different. Yeah, what, so what where did, did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I do, I kind of understand what he's saying because... You know, some of the things we have seen, even when, I mean, it's different. I, I guess it, it, it's all to do with the, the attitude. Like, even when a developer does screw up, like the Warner Brothers situation we were talking about earlier, there's always going to be a portion of people that, I mean, we could talk about that intelligently, right? You yeah. know, we, we, could put, we could put forward a, a, you know, a proper debate to say, look, you shouldn't be doing this because of, mm. because of X, Y, and Z. However... That's not what we get. Even in the in the, even in the situations where the consumer or the person other is correct, we get "fuck you, you're a piece of shit, you should die," yada 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 yada. And I could imagine that a game developer eventually be like, "Well, I don't want to talk about anything." Yes. If I say if, if I say anything to hit that button, I'm going to get absolutely destroyed online, and that's not something I want to do. So you just kind of again, this is where the thing we just talked about: the smart people may go, "I'm just going to be really quiet," yeah, and yeah, then right. no one right. can say anything. Yeah, and at some point it definitely becomes not worth the hassle. I think we've all probably experienced that at some point in our careers where we've like either really wanted to get in on a subject or explain something. It was like, you know what? It's not 
worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think one of the big elements of that thread, right, is they were saying that um, sometimes people demand things and they don't realize how much work would go into implementing that. Yes. And trying to explain is like trying to teach a class on game development, right? Like it's Which, hard to explain quickly like why this would be difficult a lot to, to do. And then people come back, like if if they're belligerent enough, right? People will sometimes come back and be like, you're just being lazy. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not an excuse. You just don't want to do it. It's like, I think a good example of costs money and time. <laughs> like, yeah. A good example of that lately, I think, was um, Ryan Morrison, also known as Video Game Attorney. Well, there's been quite a few interesting legal issues that have popped up over the last couple of weeks, and he got in on the whole DMCA PewDiePie thing. And this is a professional lawyer who works, you know, in the video game industry, mostly doing copyright stuff, explaining why this works and why that works, but trying to do it to a bunch of laymen who don't understand the law at all, and mm. So they have no, they don't even have the functional groundwork to understand this point and have already basically made up their minds anyway. So it's like talking to a brick wall. I, I, it even like happens when I see legal discussion online, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I have a law degree and I don't claim to know everything. I'm not even close. It's very rusty, but it gives, <laughs> it starts to give me a bit of a headache. I'm like, oh God, I really feel the need to come and explain this, but I'm like, Without the background in this, it's really hard to explain this in any meaningful way. And there becomes a point where it's just like, what's the point? Like, the guys are just angry and they want to be angry. And can we diffuse that by educating? Sometimes I think you can, but sometimes it's not worth it. I, I keep thinking back to a lesson that I feel like I need to constantly relearn about the internet. And I feel like going the flip side of this argument for a minute and just be like as a dev i still think the idea of sharing stuff is is awesome and i'd love to see more and rather than say like there's crazy ass people on the internet and they make it hard to share and they make interacting with people toxic and stuff i think what i need to constantly remember and what i think everyone should remember about the way twitter and the internet works is like you don't know who's responding to you. You don't know their age or their mental state or anything like that. To them, it's one response, but to you, it's like hundreds or thousands of people yes. loading on you. And so there's there's a lot of different factors there. And I think that eventually you hit a point where enough people care where you have to be like, okay, maybe I need to stop caring as much and, and sort of just like back off and say what you have to say or, or communicate a thing. And like that video that showed how um, line of sight worked in games, how things were loaded and the internet like lost its shit about that. I think at that point, this goes back to what Simon was saying earlier. Like maybe that's the point where you just don't say anything else. You're like, I showed you the cool thing I had to show you. And now you're all acting like idiots. I'm going to be quiet for a little bit. And then yeah. I'll come back and show you something cool later. But Once I'm not you've calmed down. You. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to reward that behavior. I, I've been right. saying this for years, like that the best way to deal with it, like, I refuse to buy into, and I will refuse to buy into this until the day I die, that the gaming community, one, there's no such thing as that, that gamers in general are somehow, you know, majority bad people and shitty and awful. Because if you believe that, why are you working in this industry? If you truly believe mm -hmm. that, you wouldn't be here. 
I believe the vast majority of them are great people, but we hear from a bunch of really shitty people because they tend to be the loudest. You need to freeze those people out as best as possible. You need to realize you're going to say some stuff. Some people are going to disagree with you politely. Some people are going to hate you. But the thing was, if the thing's worth saying, you should say it because the people who are going to listen to you, they are in that silent majority and they benefit from hearing it. And this level of education that we can give to people in the industry and people that consume the products of the industry is going to, in the long run, help produce a better, more informed consumer base that picks up your great games and enjoys them, appreciates them for what they are, and discusses things in a reasonable manner. And it also gives you that access to, like, you're seeing what game developers are going through, and they're expressing frustrations, and they're expressing, like, successes and all sorts <laughs> of different things. And if that doesn't exist, if they aren't willing to share that outside the community, then where do people who want to do that for a job or want to be inspired by those people, where do they go to find that information and to see new things that are like, holy shit, that's interesting. I'd love to do something like that. There's, you know, if you wall yourselves off from other people because of assholes, then you neglect those people who really care. Yeah. I think that's the other point as well. Like it's, I mean, this is going, you know, way too far, you know, in the other direction, but you don't let the assholes win, right? No, that's the whole don't. point. Yeah. That's, the, that's the point in the world where, you know, the world we're living in right now. You've got to keep, you got to keep living your life, otherwise you let the assholes win. So I definitely think there's a point to that. But I can mm. completely understand why a lot of people on the internet get scared. <laughs> because yeah. they think, oh They're no, not a scary place. this is going to ruin my, my entire life. But I agree. I think transparency would be great. And I always think, uh, you know, again, relying on the greater good to eventually come out is the way that we should do this. I mean, I don't think the internet is ever going to be this wonderful place. No, it's not. Teddy bears and roses. But at the same time, to to is exactly, to talk to the people that you know are decent as opposed to be scared of the ones that aren't that should be the way you go forward really because it is going to be a benefit but also it's just the way that you should live your life because mm. you should let some you know idiot wherever that wherever they may be kind of stop you doing something you want to do right because that's bad all around yeah right. i mean it's and it comes out of the fact do you believe in the basic goodness of humanity because if you don't exactly yeah well that's depressing <laughs> <laughs> well, and not only that, but like building off of what Jesse said, like you're you're in the industry because you love it, right? And if you're in any kind of a job where you're creating something, it's hopefully because you're passionate about it. And um, no matter no matter what industry that is, there are gonna be people that that don't like what you're doing and try to break you down, but there are also going to be people that respond positively to it and love what you're doing. Yes. So, you know. Yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be a lot of that. And those are the people that need to be rewarded. It is hard to do that. You know, I, I've rewarded trolls plenty of times in the last eight or nine years. So, it gets to you sometimes. Yeah, and it then does. you have to remember sure. to go back and remember, like, okay, let's start this over again. Let's try one thing. <laughs> delete oh. Twitter and <laughs> hit the gym, delete Facebook. Yeah. A great way to deal with it is to make videos that deliberately wind them up. It's a wonderful. <laughs> It's a wonder. It's a wonderful tactic. You feel great afterwards, and they all come at you. But you're like, well, I wanted that, so it's all good. So you win. Yeah, I win. You win. Exactly by yeah. doing that, trolling the <laughs> exactly. trolls and all that kind of thing. Exactly, troll the trolls. Yeah, but I, I think ultimately, the attitude is like, you know, gaming is too toxic to educate people. I mean, that doesn't fix anything. If you really believe that, that's sad. I think I, I don't believe that. I think you can absolutely educate people. You don't have to be the one to do it, but don't say it's impossible. I think that's bollocks. Because, and you've got to try. Even if you think it's hard, you've got to try. 
and we can make the industry better by doing that. And on the subject of sort of YouTubers in particular, I don't know who is necessarily taking a swipe out of that one. I wouldn't know. We obviously didn't mention anybody, but obviously we have a level of responsibility not to rabble-rouse and to try and be as informed as possible and make sure we're communicating accurate information to the to the consumer, to our viewers. And we can also be an element for positivity just as we can be an element for negativity if we're not careful. And we don't want to use our audiences as weapons. We don't want to weaponize them against people. We don't want to be a reason for some dev getting harassment and death threats and shit. Nobody wants that. So we'll try and do the best we can there. It would be nice if devs weren't taking very much broad stroke swipes at YouTubers in general, you know, as if we were all part of the problem. I don't think so. I spent eight years in this industry trying to elevate indie devs. I don't really appreciate hearing something like that. But I would happily work with any indie dev or any developer to get that information out there. We've had them on the show multiple times. I've uh, done them, done videos with them to try and explain that sort of thing and get that information out to people. I go to shows for that reason. And so, you know, maybe, maybe work with people. You know, maybe believe that, honestly, your basic human being is pretty decent. And I don't think the gaming scene is any worse than any other scene that is reliant on fandom and anonymity. You know, it's, absolutely, a... it's absolutely not. Just as a quick side, wrestling is just as bad. Oh, God, yeah. Like, it, it can be really not bad. worse to, to, to some degrees. It's all to do with the people as opposed to the, you know, the field you find yourself in. Yeah. yeah I was thinking about that with theater, too. Like, you just had to push past the pretentious bullshit from people who know a lot about theater yeah. <laughs> just be like well this is what we're making and if you don't like it you don't have to fucking watch it right <laughs> like i think that it's that mentality in so many different art forms yeah and i think last just sort of wrap it up before we go on to the releases developers you do have a level <laughs> of responsibility in this now gamer anger is often overwrought however gamers do get pissed off about some pretty legitimate things a lot of the time and they don't really like being dismissed or being called awful people just because they maybe had an expectation that you set because you said you'd do a thing and then you didn't do the thing. Uh, publishers and developers, by pushing pre-order culture, by pushing these basically crazy artificially created fandoms or that sort of thing, are creating this very attitude in people. People get pissed because you promised them the universe two years ago and you kept promising them saying, pre-order my bigger edition, pre-order my special $200 Infinity Stone Egg edition, and then you give them that shit. So yeah, they're pissed. You led them on. Don't act that way. Don't lie to people. And hopefully, as a direct result of that, people will calm down a little bit. There's always going to be some fringe, crazy idiots that go off way too hard on an issue, but the majority of people just don't want to get screwed over. They work hard for their money just like you do, and they want a good product for their money, and that is not an unreasonable thing to ask. Hell yeah. And, and don't make shitty Infinity Stones. Simple feel, as that. I feel like I want to go around marching now or something. Away. There you go. <laughs> I feel so inspired. inspired. Yeah. Don't be inspired by me. I'm a terrible YouTuber. <laughs> there are better role models. Better role models. All right. Shall we move on to the releases? As usual, a lot of releases out today, but been spending some time picking through the debris, I suppose, uh, having a look at what's available here and what is 
worth looking at versus what's worth completely and totally fucking ignoring. A good example today that we talked about, of course, coming out is, and it's out right now, is Ruiner. That's out today. Mm. That's something that's definitely worth looking at. And also, uh, Hob is out today as well by the devs oh, yeah. of Torchlight. That's definitely something that you, I think, want to have a look at. It's a kind of Metro... No, not Metroid. I got a zelda rest kind of game. It's not the same as their previous games, which were like Diablo stuff. Very much an interesting idea because the world kind of builds around you and you fix the world as you're going. Really cool art style. Very enjoyable from what I played at PAX about a year and a half ago. I'm interested to see how they developed it. Cool. Um, I'm really excited for Danganronpa V3. Yes. Uh, point, of order. Yes. point of order, I've been told by Kristen, who I'm sure wants me to say this again, you need to play the first ones to understand this one. I have been, been told that is bullshit by several people. Uh, I, I told would... that bullshit. <laughs> so I there, that there are always like, like little pieces of information that are between all of them, but normally you can play them on their own. Oh, she's going to be so mad. <laughs> I I, I played I, I played this one because I managed to to get it on, on early and I'd never played the other ones and I got on with it fine. I mean it was nuts and it made oh me it's think, crazy yeah yeah absolutely. I felt my brain was melting at one point, but I certainly never felt like out the loop of anything. I thought they did a very nice job in trying to fill in the gaps in the first hour, but it was nuts and I didn't really know what was going on half the time. It's because it's so <laughs> fucking crazy. That's what actually makes it compelling, in my opinion. It's mm. it's pretty great like that. Oh yeah, um, I, I did. I did enjoy it. I absolutely did enjoy it. Good to hear. Anything else uh, that people spotted today? There's a little game called Doodle Jamboree. I oh, saw that one. It looks cute. <laughs> Doodle Jamboree. Yeah, it's like little pieces of paper and like post-it notes and stuff on a table, oh. and you're a little doodle boy, and you're jumping between doodles. Well, there seem to be like a turtle with a little top hat on it or something. Yeah, oh, those look cute. It's two two bucks. That's actually yeah. That's kind of kind of cute for what it is. There you uh, go. I kind of dig Duel of Summoners. I don't know why. I'm sure I'm, we're about to find out some dark secret about it. But I like <laughs> the way the card game battle works. I think that's pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, I don't know anything about the game, so it just looked cool. Duel of Summoners. Yeah. Um, card art looks very nice. The yeah, animations cool. as well. Uh, sort of trying to figure out like what is different to this it's a nexon korean game by the looks of it i've got to assume this was probably originally on mobile um ha huh. so it looks like you're kind of walking through a dungeon right as you fight interesting interesting yeah. yeah i don't know what the other summoners like one is a sexy girl and one is a cat and like <laughs> cat in a robe reasoning behind it but one's a rest- fucking bear for some yeah, reason like- but the card battle, I can't figure out what that is, but it looks interesting. It looks visually huh. appealing, so I have no idea. Yeah, it looks kind of neat. All right. Yeah, it looks like there might be some originality there. I saw a game called The Walking Vegetables. I was literally going to say the, Walking you, you, Vegetables looks fun. The uh, Walking I, 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 Vegetables. I literally clicked it because of the name, but then I watched the, uh, what It looks amazing. <laughs> it's like a bunch of aliens have come down and turned everyone into vegetables. It's the 80s, and you just run around at super speed and shoot everything. All right. I'll play that. Okay, yeah, actually, yeah, it looks all right. It's a little bit of Smash TV going on there, a little bit yeah. of Robotron. Yeah, it looks mm. all right. That Okay, cool. Uh, all of their dev updates appear to be gifts from the Conan show for whatever reason, but hey, you know what? We'll, we'll forgive that. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. They actually brought Navy Field up finally. Yeah, this was a fairly popular 
free-to-play naval combat multiplayer game that was in Asian territories for quite some time. Apparently, they've decided to finally bring that out to Steam. It's a little uh, a little old now. I think it might be not so relevant compared to things like World of Warships. But, okay, they brought that out. That's kind of cool. Um, on the 28th, Fall of Light comes out. It's a dungeon crawler that looks kind of cool. It looks like Fall it might be a little light. too dark. I mean, like, actually, like... Dark. Well, apparently it's in a world consumed by darkness, so they weren't kidding about that. I know, but like, that. you know how sometimes a game is like, it's dark, but it's also so dark that it's difficult to play, and you're Can't like, come see on! Shit. Yeah, yeah, as okay. As so it's not that, I would be, I'll be fine. But... Yeah, I'm seeing this sort of isometric, dungeon crawly kind of aspect to it. There's a free demo anyway, so you can try that. Yeah. Uh, so that's worth there it. Well, There's it was also nice something early next week called Hippo Sports. I'm sorry, have... what? <laughs> yep, that's, this is why I looked at it, right? It's called Hippo sports okay. and the whole point is you've got to get a hippo in shape and you do that by letting the hippo learn karate <laughs> and taking him trampolining and i was yeah. like you know what Great. i think i'll give that a go All right. <laughs> yeah hippo, hippo sports coming out on the 2nd of october apparently just, for whatever I mean, reason what is that what is that where did that idea even spawn from but i hey, don't know it. i have no idea but interesting <laughs> indeed so, uh, September 28th, big release, obviously, Total War, Warhammer 2. Well aware of that one. Oh, my God. Dodger, I'm going to stereotype you again because you only exist in a set of very basic characteristics. And so, there's, right. there's been a ton of these um, choose-your-own-adventure games called Choice Of, and a lot of them are quite well written. I love all Choice of, of the Cats, apparently, <gasps> which includes oh, knocking shit. things over, taking a nap, and enslaving humanity. The world's biggest text-based cat simulator. Great. Yep, I'm choice in. of the cat. Let's uh, do it. There's been so many cats on this podcast. I'm so into playing cat games now. It's quite I a few cat games. Wild. I don't know what happened. It happened, yeah, but it did happen. Fall of Light? We we just did we that. Well, you know, playing it. But like, okay. can we go back to that a minute? Is Why? that... Never mind. It just... I know it looks dark, but I'm trying to figure out, like... It... That's the point, right? <laughs> like... Yeah. I know, but I, I was I saying, like... Sometimes those games are like, it's so dark that it's difficult for you to even play it. And then it's not fun. All right. I, okay. I, I just I just kept looking at the game. I was watching a video. I was like, so light. And maybe like, I understand. But it's supposed like, to be dark. Okay. I get Dodger. it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, Vaporum looks quite interesting. So it's a kind of like Legend of Grimrock grid-based dungeon crawler, but it's in a steampunk setting. So I thought that looked pretty great. Uh, the art looks awesome. You're sort of fighting rob steam-powered robo-spiders and shit, and uh, giant steampunk robots. I was I, That I thought looked really cool. That is out on the 28th. I'm surprised My you... Yes? <laughs> There's a game called My Name is Addiction. I and saw it, that. It looks fucking crazy. Uh, when is this? It's not on the 28th. Oh, the August... Wait, it says that it was is August first, two thousand twelve. Why okay, is it on Okay, so list? we can completely ignore that then. Um, <laughs> I don't even see it on the list. I don't know where, where you're finding September that. It's on September thirtieth. Oh, okay. I'm got there yet. We're on the twenty eighth. Um, on the twenty eighth, also stick fight. The game is coming out, which is the oldest concept in the world when stick men yeah. fight each other. But it does look really stupid and fun. I fucking love stick fighting animation. So do I. I, don't I. Know what it is. I like, don't know what it is. I just love it. It's something about it. It gets me happy. Yeah, I don't know why, but it, it is cool. I so yeah, I, I might play this just because I think you can just do a lot with stick, you know, stick figures that makes it look really, really awesome. So there's that. That's true. I agree. 
That's pretty cool. I, I'm very surprised, Jesse, that you have not gone to Nudist Beach Survival Simulator. Uh, I saw it, realized it looked like Minecraft, and was like, Okay, no, well, fuck that then. Oh, yeah, if it was like anime boobies, then I'm in. <laughs> Minecraft boobies, non-existent, don't care. Pass. Interesting little project. So, Redwall, we, we keep bringing this up because, of course, it was a you know big influence on Tooth and Tail. This is the release version, I think, because this has been... I don't know if this has been early access for a while or not, but this is by Soma Games. This is a licensed Redwall game. I, I actually saw a preview of this a couple of months ago, and it seemed like a pretty good stealth action game. So that's neat. I, it looks okay. I'm a little worried that it won't be good. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want a cool Redwall game. I think that'd be awesome. But uh, I don't know. I don't know visually. I'm, I, I looked at the trailer and was like... Maybe. I wonder. I, don't if, I wonder if it's like the same game as what I saw, and because actually, you know what, it kind of looks like it's not. Is there another Redwall game that I? Um, there. But, is... Yeah, this doesn't look anywhere near as good as the one I saw a while ago. There's Moss, which is the VR game that I was playing a while that everyone no. thought was a Redwall game, but isn't. No, it's not um, that. Yeah, I don't. Weird. Yeah, because this doesn't look anywhere. I saw a preview footage a couple months ago on a channel that looked way better than this. Huh. Yeah, the Strange. stuff that I saw while looking at this game on the list, I was like, Ugh, yeah, that's, scary. that's weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm a bit confused. So I'm sure chat might tell me later or whatever. Okay, anything else on the 28th that looked interesting to you? There's a game called Airport CEO, which doesn't look interesting at all, but it has completely <laughs> under underlined my thought that if you want to come up with a simulator game, just do it, and somebody will commission your video game, which I've thought yep. for, for ages. So okay. yeah, that just that just hammered that home for me. Airport. If you've ever sat around going, man, I'd love to manage my own airport. Now you can. I like tycoon games, but a lot of well, them just suck. That's the problem. <laughs> exactly. Was that there was kind of roller coaster tycoon classic is coming out on the twenty eighth. Yeah, there. I guess it's a bit of a remastered version of the original roller coaster tycoon. That's always good. Yeah, I, I like that game. See, that's what, I really like that. That was really good. Yeah, hopefully this version will be because. God knows that Atari has fucked it up several times on mobile so far. Oh, I'm going back to the 26th for a second, by the way. I think we might have noticed this last week. Uh, Alexa's version of Dwarf Corp is coming out, which looks mm -hmm. really kind of neat. Uh, it's sort of a ruthless capitalist dwarves in a strange fantasy land build your whole uh, crazy fortress up sort of dwarf fortressy kind of thing. So that looks really awesome, actually. I like the graphic style in, it in particular. Uh, so that's good. Uh, September 29th. Anyone got anything from there? Cuphead, of course. That's probably the big release that day. I'm amazed it's coming out. We've waited yeah, so finally. Long. finally. God, yeah. Didn't believe it for a second until I saw it. Yep. Cuphead on the 29th. Anybody else, though? Uh, I mean, I've only just seen it. I should have seen this earlier, but Throne of Lies, the online game of deceit. Oh, that, yeah. That sounds incredible. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, so I, I heard about this as a Kickstarter, and basically it's a social deduction game. You know, obviously, I don't know if you play things like Werewolf or Mafia. I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of like that as to how they've made it an interesting video game in a way that makes sense without just, you know, playing Tabletop Simulator or playing Mafia in a million and one different ways. I do not know. But apparently it's inspired by werewolf and the mafia kind of genre. I mean, I yeah, think I aesthetically say, yeah. it looks ugly as sin, but <laughs> it looks it looks like there's potential there. It kind of, actually, aside from it, yeah, looking like it was made out of cheese, it does look. <laughs> yeah. It looks kind of interesting. 
yeah, looks 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 a bit crappy in that regard. Anything else on the 29th that kind of caught people's attention? Mm. I didn't necessarily see anything too interesting. No. Not really. It's like there was an FPS called the Armor Project, but it really just looked like, like an asset flip, so not really too interested in that. Um, it's like, it was a game called War Majors, then I realized it was some crappy RPG Maker game, so like, well, shame that sounded neat, but I guess it's not. I think most of this good stuff is coming out earlier in the week. I mean, let's be honest, you're not exactly going to be lacking good games early in the week. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. So moving on to September the 30th, anything that anybody saw there that got their fancy? Uh, there was Legrand Legacy looked kind of interesting. Yeah, I was just going to say that looks interesting. I don't know much about it, but it looks interesting. Yeah, it's supposedly a love letter to old school turn-based combat JRPGs. Looks like it has a pretty nice art style and it's fairly well developed. So that may very well be worth your attention. I'll look at those battles. I'm like, yeah, this looks like a kind of classic turn-based JRPG sort of setup. I'm sure there'll be an audience for that if it ends up being any good. There is a game coming out that day called Titus the Fox that I'm sure I'll play and be utterly disappointed with because it is just a 2D platformer that has decided the 80s are still going on. However, I still do want to kind of play it. Why? Because I do, because I do love an old school platformer. And if it's really crap, it'll just make me laugh even more. I did ah, watch it. Man, I'd play that game, even though I'm sure it's utter, utter junk. Yeah, it definitely gave me a huge vibe of Shovel Knight-style graphics, just not quite done all that well. Oh, absolutely. I think I, I'm amazed it's actually been able to be released without being sued by someone, to be honest. But yeah, a 2D platformer, I always, I clicked it, I went, ah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I think, uh, as far as I know, as far as I can see anyway, that really sort of is about it. Uh, there, we've got October the 2nd, which is obviously Monday next week, which had Hippo Sports in it. But outside of that... <laughs> uh vampire looks like it might be fun too vampire it's a, vamp it's a vampire deck building game oh okay yeah that that does look pretty neat it's is it a deck builder that's what it says it claims yeah you're right uh that that all that already already interests me more because i'm like i'm at my limit of collectible card games but a deck builder that's a bit different uh you know deck builders are not around Weirdly enough, they're not around building decks prior to you going into the game. They're around building decks during the game, starting with a really shitty deck and building it up from there. I like deck building games. I like them an awful lot. The art in this is pretty good. Seems well animated. I'll give this a try simply on the basis of the fact that I like deck builds and having a vampire-themed one might be kind of neat. Yeah. So a nice little spot there. Outside of that... Probably missed some huge console release or something, but everything else... Looks a little pretty much run of the mill, really. FIFA's coming out into the week, I think. No, oh, is it? No, all right. I think so. I think so. It's the major thing. I think the beta for Call of Duty on PC is also out this week, so that's worth keeping an eye on. I, I, I don't want to try it. I'm not. What I've seen on the console beta on Twitch was not that enthusing. You know, I really like the recent Call of Duty games and the verticality. They've now taken that away, so. I'm not actually sure if I'll be as interested now, but worth a look, I suppose. I'll have a, have a gander at that. 
And also, if you happen to be in the Guild Wars, you're probably well aware that Guild Wars 2 Path of Fire is out today. Mm. So there you go. I think that's about it. That looks a bit. Files like dealt. Don't, we'll probably miss something, but that always happens with the number of releases we've got. So lots of choices. You know, Hob, Ruiner, Total War Warhammer, lots of things for you to try this week. Lots of things that are definitely worth your attention. And of course, keep an eye out for Cuphead. Because I will not believe it's come out until it finally actually has. Hey, is that, I can actually play it. Yeah, I don't believe it. Yep, there you go. Great. Well, that's pretty much been the show, folks. Thank you very much for watching, but we'd absolutely love you to watch our other stuff, if you wouldn't mind. Simon, thank you very much for being our guest today. Much oh, appreciated. thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Tell us where to find your stuff, because you've got stuff all over the place. I'm sure people would like to go and follow your content. Absolutely. I mean, if you just search for The Miller Report on YouTube, you can find my very daft YouTube channel. Uh, it does have some... Basically, if you like wrestling and you like games, search for The Miller Report, and that's what I'll give you. I'll give you wrestling and games. And if you just want a more uh, wrestling-based stuff, I'm also over on What Culture. But you can get it all, a nice little filter, by finding me on Twitter at Miller 316 That's where there all my go. stuff filters through. So yeah, you can just go there. That's pretty much all my all my shenanigans. And there is a lot of shenanigans as well. Indeed, yes. Don't, don't take it too seriously. It's like, well, for watching all your content and video game, you seem like a very serious analyst, as far as I could tell. But <laughs> you've gone down a dark path, Simon. Dark path. <laughs> Thank you very much for spending your time with us today. Much appreciated being a great guest. Jesse. Thank you, man. What you got coming up on the show this week? What's going on? Oof. Uh, this week we have um, more silly new games we're going to check out. Uh, hopefully, if I can get a code, uh, Crendo and I are going to play Cuphead. Uh, yeah. The kids want it, so that's what's going to happen. And if we can't play Cuphead, F it. We're going to find some other weird-ass multiplayer game to play and be weird. Um, maybe. Who knows? I'm still going to pressure Dodger into doing the letter with me. Uh, mm -hmm. And maybe... With Crendor too, if he's here in town. So that'd be a weird stream. And um, yeah, just a bunch of nonsense. And tomorrow is uh, episode six of our show, Good Game, on YouTube Red. Uh, it's bonkers. It's this great <laughs> thing. They go to a party at a place that I'm not going to spoil, and it is exactly what you would expect would come out of my mind. So. <laughs> as you should uh simon by the way not to call you out or anything but you also have a metal band i believe and a channel I, I, for that i do have a metal band that's true uh i, I, I should have pipped that yeah if, i mean we do have the dumbest name ever but that works for google so if you search for mg and the juggernaut <laughs> that's about as metal as it fucking gets i mean that's so. a pretty metal name right and we actually, yeah, we just released a song called Dark Fight uh, a week ago. Yeah, just a week ago. So you can, or it's on iTunes and Amazon and you can stream it on Apple Music and Spotify. So yeah, MG and the Juggernaut, Dark Fight, if you're into your old school classic metal, lots of big Which riffs, I am. lots of guitars, all of that kind of, all of that kind of noise. And I'm actually, like, I've done a lot of stuff with my band, but this is the thing I'm most proud of. So yeah, yep. MG and the Juggernaut, Dark Fight, please go check it out if you're into, into metal. I, I forgot to mention, I am... Not in a metal band. <laughs> I couldn't tell. If we're going to shout out metal be. bands, Necrogoblicon, look him up. Yes. <laughs> the front the front man is a goblin. Yes, he so is. There you go. I front love man's it. a goblin, a guy in cosplay. I just go, go, go look that up and be like, that's weird. And then realize <laughs> that MG the Juggernaut is way cooler, but it doesn't matter because the front man's a goblin. Step up your game is what I'm saying. Get Dude. yourself a goblin front man. You're 100% right. Why have I not been doing this since day one? I've let myself down, and I've let you down, and I've basically let the whole podcast down. Yeah. I should have come on here as a goblin 
but I didn't. I had the idea. Yes. I didn't follow it through. I'm really sorry. Yeah, that's that's Too a disappointment. We're just gonna so have to sorry. live with. Yep. Too late now. Well, the healing process can begin. All right. <laughs> Dodger, thank you very much for coming on the show. I know your internet is apparently on the fritz, so let's get those plugs yeah, in before it breaks Yeah, Jesse and I are experiencing some slideshow goodness. But um, uh, yeah, you can find me at DexBonus on most things. I stream a lot, and YouTube stuff will be coming back soon. Um, also, if we're shouting out music, uh, there's a band called Too Many Zoos, Z-O-O-Z, and I just now found them and they're banging it's all it's all like really jazzy music i love it so maybe check that out good stuff all right so what's coming this week bloody hell i'm so drowning in games got so so many to check out i wouldn't really know what order i'm going to be doing them in i might uh, give ruiner a crack tonight to maybe put a video together on i would love to do a video on total war warhammer obviously i've did, did a lot of streaming prior to release on that so you kind of know my opinion on it but wrapping it up in a nice little bow would be cool so i could sort of play it in my off time as my little sneaky i'm totally working but not game i want to look at hob certainly there's a couple of other things this week that also look like they may very well be worthy of a gander and maybe a few things that are not. So we will see how that goes. Most likely there will be a couple more streams, but I will tell you that my StarCraft tournament is happening on the 30th of September, starting at 8 a.m. Eastern, which is 1 p.m. British Isles, 2 p.m. Central European Summertime. And we're going to be giving away, well, not giving away, they're going to be fighting for $10,000 in the King of the Hill, all or nothing, you lose one match and you're out of the goddamn tournament event. A lot of fun to watch. You shall enjoy it. If you've not watched StarCraft before, we'll make it nice and easy for you to understand. It's a very exciting tournament. We have a lot of mystery players, basically like a StarCraft Royal Rumble. That's how we do it. And it's awesome. So please do tune in to Shoutcraft Kings, September edition on the 30th of September. And outside of that, expect some content. It will happen. And if you want to listen to an hour of us complaining about Star Trek, myself and Dan <laughs> did a podcast called the USS Wankathon yesterday because we really don't like the new Star Trek. And we'd like to tell you for about an hour as to why. So head on over to my SoundCloud. That is soundcloud.com. Think slash user slash total biscuit for that. All right, folks, we are done. Thank you very much for watching the podcast. Big thanks to our sponsor today, Squarespace. Head over to squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% off your first order and a free trial. We're about done. Thank you for watching. Goodbye. Bye-bye. See ya. <laughs>